Hello. Hello. Welcome back, you muddy fuckers. Hope you guys had a good week. You know how you guys got out, enjoyed some of the weather. Uh, before we start, just want to send out a quick prayer to Texas and everything that's going on there. Uh, hope everything works out and, and, and things change coming forward in America with uh, the safety of the children in school. But barring that, you know, we're going to move right into what we're here for. You know, we always complete the mission. You know, shout out to Smack for that. Um, Danny, we're going to launch right into it. The NBA playoffs, East and Western Conference Finals. All right. So we had covered game one, I believe, last week of the Miami Heat versus Boston. Yeah, that uh, was last week's show. Yeah, Jimmy doing Jimmy things. Uh, we're going to dive right into game two. Okay. All right. The score of that game was 127 to 102, Boston. Yeah. Now, Boston responded like they have, you know. Like, like it, was, it was expected and they delivered. Yeah, I mean, if you watched the first about, I'd say, three minutes of the game, Miami started off well, you know what I mean? And then Boston just responded with a 25-point run, and they never looked back. You know what I mean? They they kept yeah. full head of steam. Um, I mean, you know, points in the paint, Miami owned 42-30. to 30. Boston had 12 fast-break points to Miami's 8. Yeah. Boston had 37 bench points to Miami's 42. Uh, Boston actually protected the ball this game. They had nine turnovers and only gave up nine points off those turnovers. Miami had 14 turnovers and let up 20 points. Yeah, I mean, look, when you look at those stats, it, 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 it doesn't look like super, like, but it's like they lose by 25. Miami shot 29%. From three-point land. It's like, like you said, Boston, they dominated the whole first half, and it's like they just rode the wave and coasted to victory. Yeah, I mean, the the, the half was competitive as in, as in points scored per quarter, but yeah. they just they just coasted. Like you said, they coasted, they got that lead and just protected it. You know, it dipped, went back up, it dipped, went back up, but they never, I don't think they ever, I don't think Miami ever got that lead down to 12. I think it was 15 and up it was always at. Right. Uh, Boston shot 51% from the field and 50 from three-point land. That's just going to help regardless, you know. Um, Miami shoots 44 from the field and only 29 from three. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's what it was. I, I didn't see the, the three that. that I had. Yeah, they shot 29% from the three-point uh, three line. So Tatum, 27 points, five assists, five rebounds, one steal, three turnovers. Solid game. Uh, Horford, 10 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 3 turnovers. Now, I think this is more or less the key of why they were able to fend off Miami and keep the, the lead at such a gap. Jalen Brown, 24 points, 3 assists, 8 rebounds, 1 turnover. Marcus Smart, 24 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block, 1 turnover. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that, that, that helped him. Where Tatum didn't need to do his 35-plus, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like he's doing the 35-plus consistently, but yeah, no, that definitely did help. Yeah. Uh, Williams, uh, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 1 steal. Uh, Pritchard, 10 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. A total team effort. Yes, all around. And they played defense, they played very well. Uh, Butler did his thing, 29 points, 3 assists, 6 rebounds, 1 steal, 3 turnovers. Yeah. Gabe Vincent, 14 points, 3 assists, 1 rebound, 1 block, 2 turnovers. 
I like him. I he's do a, too. He's a good ball player. Yes. He, he uh, I like what El Eric Spolstra has done with him. You know, he's taken, all right, this is your talents, and this is what I'm asking for you if you want to be, you know, a, a starter or somebody, an impactful player in this team or in this league. You know, you can't just be, you know, a slasher. That's it. You know what I mean? You right. got to play defense. You got to be able to play, uh, you know, distribute the ball, rebound. Um, other other assets, facets of the game. Yes. Yeah. Hero, um, 11 points, three assists, one rebound, one block, two turnovers. Now, we learned in game three, which we'll get to in one second, that, uh, no, it was it wasn't game three. It'll be game four, but he was ruled out in game four because of uh, a groin strain. So maybe that's what's been affecting him because we haven't really seen the explosion from him like we have in the regular season. Yeah, you know, being the sixth man. Um, Oladipo, fourteen points, one assist, one rebound, one steal, three turnovers. I don't know why Miami hasn't been leaning on him a little bit more as a big body point guard or to just fill in to play that point guard role bring the ball up when the bench is on he's he's i mean barring his injuries Oladipo's fire you know i mean when he got drafted by indiana he was setting indiana on fire and then you know the injuries that's what uh hurt him yeah i remember him stevenson that whole squad they had oh yeah yeah paul george yep. fucking yeah uh, Car uh was it brother no i forget uh no fuck was his name i think it's lee Derek Lee, yeah, I think Derek Lee. I think. Lee. Uh, back in that Indiana team, they had they had a squad, bro. They had like they were they were top to bottom of squad. Yeah. Um, now from this game, the only thing I could say is you know like like we said about Boston, great execution, way to get back on track, way to play defense, and you know play all around team ball. But can they can they maintain that throughout the? Yeah, can they make it a consistent? Miami's not gonna play this way every game. Yeah, I I I I hundred percent agree. Miami's not Milwaukee, and Milwaukee was banged up, so yeah, it's gonna take a totally, like you said, complete team effort, and it's just gonna take defense, defense and team effort. That's what it's gonna take. I mean, because Jimmy can't do it all, and and like from game two, prior to the Philly series, we're seeing the lack of production from Bam and Harrow and others that that need to step up. Yeah. Right. So moving to game three, um. The Heat win 109-103. Okay. That was a good game. It was a good game. Scary, too. Yes. Jimmy leaves. Doesn't come back for the half. Knee tightness or knee swelling. Yeah. Um, Tatum shits the bed again. You know, behind Jalen Brown's 40 points. And a second half Miami team without Jimmy Butler. And it's like, it's like yo, if you're Tatum, it's like, yo, if, if, all, like, if all you can manage is 15 points. I don't know. How many points did he finish with? 10. If, dude. Okay, yeah, five more points, essentially, you would still lose by one, but I feel like if you had those five extra or six extra points throughout the course of the game and played better, it could have been a different outcome. Well, this this is what I mean. This is why I've been, I've been getting on him since we started the playoffs. You're supposed to be the face of your team, the star. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing everyone else talk about him saying, calling him the star. I'm like, really? Are you really watching how this kid is playing? Like, no, exactly. Like I, granted, he's 24, so he still may have stuff to learn. But for right now, you're a good player in the league. Yeah. Uh, hands down, you're a good player. You're not great. Great, no. the great ones, legends, great stars don't score 10 points. I'm sorry, especially <laughs> when their team needs it. And especially when you know the other team you're playing is without their best fucking player. Yeah. 
or even prior to that game, going into the series, you know you're going up against the best team in the East. Yeah, so you know, you, so you know you need to be at their level or better. So it's just uncalled for. I, honestly, I, me, I'm not a Boston fan, but I, I, I think Boston should move on from him at some point. Yeah, all right. A quick, we'll, we'll get that quick. He's 24. By the time he's 28, if this is the same thing, you gotta go. Yeah. But if shit changes by the time he's 28, I, I'd say keep. Man, you're invested for so long. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, points in the paint. Miami won, 48-34. Um, fast break points, 15-8. Miami. Bench points, 26-16. Miami. Turnovers. Eight turnovers from Miami. They only gave up nine points off those turnovers, right? Boston, 23 turnovers. That's not, no. <laughs> 33 points off of those turnovers. I don't care how, I don't care if you shoot 60%. I don't care if your whole team drops 15 plus points. You're not winning that game. No. You, I mean, it would be a higher scoring game, but I don't know. You're not winning that game. You know, you're not. It's just, it's not in the cards. Like, Especially them not having Jimmy, and you, like like Miami stepped up. If we're looking at this as a team, they stepped up, and and especially Bam. Yeah, big time. Like he finally showed up and held the ship down. You know what I mean? Thirty-one points, six assists, ten rebounds, four steals, one block, one turnover. Where the fuck has that been? <laughs> and I, I like what Miami did. Um. In that game, letting letting Adebayo bring the ball up and run the offense through him. That first four, that first quarter, they were giving it. It was bam, 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 and not in the sense of a sound to actually bam Adebayo. I know, a little weird. Haven't said his fucking name like that. So he was he was balling. Yeah. Like, for for future games coming, bam, you don't gotta drop the thirty one, dog. Put up at least 20. No, not even. Give me 17 with the five assists and the 10 rebounds and two steals and a block. That's, that's all I want. Yeah. You know? Butler, if, eight if points. If you can put up 17, if Oladipo can put up 17, Jimmy puts up 35. Or 30 or 27. You know what I mean? 15 from Hero or Hero, whatever. whatever. Yeah, or, you know, well, he may, out of depending on if he's going to play or not. Uh, Vincent, 10 points. Um, Robinson. 10 points. You know, these, like, they're a deep team. And we, yeah. I think we talked about it last week, and if we didn't, we probably talked about it off air. Miami has to make Boston pay for how deep they are. They're deep, too. They may not be as deep as Boston is right now because of injury, but you got to. You have to. You have to, you have to make Boston respect every person that steps on that floor. And to do that, start putting, like, Duncan Robinson, they paid him all this money the guy barely fucking played. Yeah. So Butler had eight points, two assists, three rebounds, two steals. You know. PJ Tucker stepped up, seventeen points, one assist, seven rebounds, three steals, one block, one turnover. Struss, sixteen points, two assists, four rebounds, one block, one turnover. Lowry, big game, eleven points, six assists, one rebound, four steals, two turnovers. So Miami got what they wanted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even even if you just take away Jimmy, they got what they wanted from their team. So this this should be proof to Miami as, as in 
if we just play together, these guys can't beat us. With or without Jimmy. With or with, well, I, that'll be a lot harder. But just for the fact of, like, if we had I mean, Jimmy. As deep as they are and as well as those guys can play without Jimmy, yes, it's harder. And I, I still see that Miami could pull it out. I mean, it would, it would probably be a seven-game series if that was the case. But I still feel like Miami could pull that out. Just because the way Boston has been playing, they played the, the way they're playing in this series so far is exactly how they did against Milwaukee. Win, lose, win, lose, win. Until the until game six and seven, they were a back and forth, and and for the most part, outside of two games and maybe the last series and maybe and then um, game uh, two, where where's Tatum been? So that's at least in my mind, like if if Jimmy does suffer a, a setback with this injury, I believe Miami's fine moving forward. It becomes a different animal if they make it to the into the NBA Finals and they don't have Butler going up against potentially or well, most likely Golden State. Then yes, you know, different. But right now, if I'm Miami, I'm right where you want to be. I I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, you you stole Game Three. That that really was a steal. It was a steal. I just feel like no, that's a steal. That's a steal. That's a steal. No Jimmy. No Jimmy in the second half, and Jimmy really, really wasn't existent in the first half to begin with. Only eight points. You know, we ran through Miami. What they got? Tatum to ten points, four assists, six rebounds, six turnovers. We've been talking about that all playoffs. That turnover shit gotta stop. Has to. Horford twenty points, three assists, fourteen rebounds, three blocks, three turnovers. Jalen Brown, 40 fucking points. One assist, nine rebound, one steal, one block, seven turnovers. A lot of turnovers, but he's not known for it as Tatum is. Yeah. But this is what we're talking about as in like a star. Brown is not your is not your guy. He stepped up, put the 40 fucking points on the floor, and where the fuck were you? In fucking La La Land. Marcus yeah. Smart has 16, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 4 turnovers. Williams, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 turnover. I just feel like, yeah, I, I get it, yeah, Tatum is good, but I mean, it's like, he's playing super, super shitty, and it's like, yo, like, is this really your guy moving forward? I mean, dude, think of it this way. Here's, here's why I say it's a problem. You say, oh, by the time he's 28, if it's still the same, get rid of him. Dude, he's been with them for five years, going on six years already. Since 2017, 2018. Move on! Get, get out of here. Like, okay, yeah, the first year or two, he's developing. But, I mean, even when he first came to the league, he still wasn't that. He was still... From what I remember, a good ball player. Just not in my eyes. No way. From what I've seen these last two series, no. All right. Well, I figured out our problem of why you were echoing. Uh, we'll talk about it at a break. Uh, 
I hope this sounds better for everybody. All right. Um, uh, five years. I mean, he's 24. They got him when he was 19. I mean, look at Milwaukee, though. Milwaukee is stuck with Giannis. And look at where they're at from it. You know what I mean? But are you kidding me? Do you see the level that Giannis plays at and the level that Tatum plays at? Yes. Giannis is arguably yes. the greatest basketball player in the world. No, he is. He is the greatest but basketball player I, in the world. He is, but just to make it debatable, whatever. You're kidding me, right? Like, And they won a championship last year. Yeah. Apples to oranges. All right, I I can I can I can't argue with that. I agree with you. That that is apples to oranges, you know. But it's not like all right, it's an apples to oranges, but they're both fruits. Well, so I mean, Tatum in a sense has the skill to to put those points up, right? But I I think for him being as big as he is, his rebounds have to go up. That's just a fact. You know what I mean, and some yeah. games some games he's pedestrian, and some games he's not. You know what I mean? Like, I understand what you're saying, apples to oranges, because, like, Giannis will, he'll put up the 30, 40 points, he'll have the 14 rebounds, and he'll, he'll almost have, like, nine assists. Yeah. So, if he wants to be in that conversation and actually help his team more, 10-point games got to stop. Every game you play in the playoffs has got to be... got to be 25 or better. I would say 20-plus, just because they're so deep. If they had, If they had one or two less guys... Yeah, but the way you've been playing now, it's like, I don't care. I need to see 25 or better. Like, no. You're supposed to be the star. You're supposed to be the guy. No. 20 is not good enough. Would 20 have been good enough for Kobe? No. Even with his cast that he had. You know, it's, it's just, that's my opinion. But, no. 25 or better for because you're the star, so with the cast that you have, why, why, why would your cast put up more points than you? Unless you're out, then yes. Okay, now, now you need to use your bench. Now you need to use, you know, you know. Look, there's no, there's no problem if if Jalen Brown or somebody scores right along with him, but yeah. that forty points to that ten points, like I understand what you're saying, dude. You're supposed to be right fucking there with him. <laughs> Ten points. <laughs> like you got old man Horford out here giving it his all, putting up twenty points, thirteen rebounds. And, He's putting up more points than you. Exactly, and you're the key in this entire system. So now, oh, I know. granted, next game, which we're going into game four, they responded. Now the way it looked, they responded like they have all season. You know, pedal to the metal, aggressive, clean basketball. Tatum. Yeah, but it's like they only do this when their back's up against the wall. They don't do this in a take charge, take the lead, and they're up 2-1 in a series kind of thing. They do this when they're like, fuck, our back's up against the wall. We got to win game four because we're going on a road to game five. It's like a desperate win. Granted, you won by a lot. You won yeah. by 20 points. But still, it's a desperation move for me. That's what it, it screams desperation in my book. Well, like X up against the wall. Well, all right. So Tatum did redeem himself, but as in like the bench for Boston, they came back down to earth, right? So Tatum, thirty-one points, five assists, eight rebounds, two blocks, three turnovers. I like it. Three turnovers. Keep it under. Williams the third, 
big defensive piece for them. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks. Jalen Brown, 12 points, 2 assists, 7 rebounds, 1 turnover. Uh, Derek, Derek or Devin White, I'm sorry, excuse me, 13 points, 6 assists, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block, 3 turnovers. He played for Smart. Pritchard. Pritchard's been a like a fucking little <laughs> asshole, like a thorn in the ass for fucking for Miami this series, you know? Kid's a little undersized, so that's that's a liability defensively. But otherwise, he shoots the ball good. He rebounds. You know, he distributes for the minutes he has. 14 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 turnover. Yeah. Now, Horford came back down to earth. 5 points, 3 assists, 13 rebounds, 4 blocks. Because he's old. He's not going to put up tw- 15 to 20 every night like that. Yes. Uh, all right. Absolutely. Now, Butler makes his return. Harrow absent for game four, like we said. Now, first quarter, anybody who watched or listened or game casted, you heard, saw, you had seen or heard what the fuck I had heard and seen. The Miami Heat <laughs> could not score a bucket for the life of them. And what I mean by the life of them I wanted to go start a GoFundMe fucking page for them. By the, I'm going to say by about seven minutes left in the first quarter, I, w- I tweeted it, if you'll see on my Twitter. I said, does anybody want to donate to charity to buy them a bucket? Because they, they, like, they scored one point. One point. They didn't score a bucket until three minutes and 23 seconds left in the first quarter. I mean, they shot 33% for the whole night. That's. They went 30 for 90. All right. So now, all the other shows that you guys may listen to or you hear on the radio, you'll hear them say Boston's the better team. Boston played very well. This and that, giving them the praise. Okay. I want everybody to understand this. Okay. So the score was 102 to 82. All right. Miami played like shit, shooting the ball 100%. Defensively, not bad. They were fine. I thought. 102 points. That's not bad. That's way under the league average, I think, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Or it's right at it. Okay. Out of those 90, out of those 60 shots they miss, make 10 of those two-pointers. It's a tie game. Yep. Make one of those shots a three-pointer. Miami wins by one. I want everybody to think about that. Literally. So, yes, Boston played better. Tatum responded. Well, actually, I wouldn't say better. Boston played to their strengths with Tatum being who he should be. But Boston's not the better team. I, I, I don't, it's very even right now. And, and I, don't, I, I don't understand. It's even right now because it's 2-2. Even if it's even or even if Boston advances, I don't care. In my eyes, Boston is still not the better team. Well, how can you say that? They didn't advance. That's, fuck you, because in, they just Miami is just a better team. They, if they don't advance, it's because they fucking they were off. Like they were off in game one, or they were off in game four. You know, it's really well. Just that, well that's what I said. That, but I the, still think, regardless, Miami is the better team. I, I, my opinion. I I believe it too. Sue me. No, no, I'm not suing you because I believe it too. And that's what upsets me about all, like, you know, ESPN New York and all these radio stations telling, you know, saying it. Like, 
being almost disrespectful to the Miami Heat. You know? Like, hey, you know, they actually went to a finals, you know, two years ago. Yeah. Well, at least they've been there. And they've gotten better. But I, I want everybody, like I said, to take a look at that. Ten shots. Two points apiece. It's a tie fucking game. Yep. Now, we all know Miami's not going to shoot like that again. No. That's a once in a, in a while thing. And I mean by while is like once every maybe 20, 30 games you get that. Right? So, if Boston plays the same way tonight, they will lose. They will lose. Because Miami's going to come out swinging tonight. Yes. And especially that they're at home, they're going to come out swinging. And they're, they're going to try to lay it on them. <laughs> lay it on them. And yeah. I wouldn't blame it. You know what I mean? You know Jimmy's going to be upset. Yeah. You know? You know Spolcher's going to be upset. I don't think like he, like he was probably upset, but like I said when we talked the other night, you, you have to be happy at least with your defensive effort. Absolutely. You know? And, and, and as you're the coach of the team, you're going to tell them, hey, guys, it's a, one, it's a once in a while thing. You know what I mean? We're definitely not going to shoot the way we shot tonight the next game. Shake it off. Let's execute the next game defensively like we did tonight. And we shoot the ball better, gentlemen. I, we're walking away with it. Maybe pass the ball a little bit more. Dude, they did pass the ball all over. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, <clears throat> like I said, like maybe pass the ball a little more because it's not like they need to. But, you know, maybe just try to pass it a little bit more. Maybe try to get some better looks, you know. Butler, six points, one assist, seven rebounds, one turnover. Adebayo, nine points, two assists, six rebounds, three turnovers. Lowry, three points, two assists, five rebounds, two blocks, two turnovers. Vincent, six points, seven assists, one rebound. Oladipo, 23 points, six assists, four rebounds, one turnover. That man was in offense by himself. He was. And he's obviously a mismatch for Boston. He needs to be in that state. He needs more minutes tonight. So you think? So does he need to be out there on the floor with Jimmy, or is it like when Jimmy and the starting five is off the court, he's on there with the with the bench? Or he's out the there court. like it's it's him. Maybe when Jimmy's out, right? And, and uh, when he's out there, he leads the offense. All right. Yeah. Goes. So like like yeah. So he would lead it with Vincent. Uh, maybe Tucker out there. Maybe just out of Bayou and and you know those guys. Yeah. So. You know, we went we went over Miami's bench point. Oh no, I'll give you two of the points in the paint. Twenty-eight, thirty-eight, Miami. Uh, no, twenty-eight points for uh, Miami in the paint. Thirty-eight for Boston. Twelve fast break points for Miami. Nine for Boston. Bench points sixty-four. Boston twenty-nine. Both of them had nine turnovers apiece. Miami led up thirteen points to Boston seven. Now you said earlier Miami shot thirty-three percent, thirty out of ninety. Uh, their three-point thirty-eight point nine. Boston. 40%, 39.7 from the field. Their three-pointing was atrocious, 23.5. So these are little things. These are little stat lines that, 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 that'll give you the keys to tell you of how this game went without yeah. having to watch it or if you if you had missed it and you didn't see the highlights. You know what I mean? Yeah, 20 points. Oh, that's a, you know, it's a lot. In basketball, honestly, 20 points is not a, is, as, as big as we lot. think it is. You know, maybe maybe we're covering up for the heat a little bit. No, there's no excuse for them to shoot like that. I'm sorry, that's that's the wrong time to shoot like that. And it's not a cover up, but I mean, the good teams in the league, if they're down by 20, they can, they can turn that around in a blink of an eye. Oh, it was at, at one point. It was at like 30 some odd points. So you know, 
it's that's why I say I don't really think twenty is that big of a deal. I mean, unless unless you're, you know, you're one of the lesser teams in the league. Yeah, okay, then it's going to be harder to come back if you're down by fifteen or more. Yeah. But for the good teams, they lock down on defense, make some shots, you know, get a steal here or there, make a couple free throws. You're back in it in about four minutes. Yeah, it, like you know, basketball is a game of runs. So you know, losing by twenty. Okay, maybe they went on a run. Maybe you got it down to 15 or whatever. Miami just played like shit shooting-wise. Right? There's there's no if. There's, we can't get around that. Yeah. You know? But I suspect tonight is going to be different. I do too. All right, moving on to the next series, which shouldn't take us long. Cause, no. Um, I guess we'll just dive right in game one. Mavs lose 112-87. Golden, oh, Golden State controlled that game for the most part. And they, they controlled the first and the third quarter. Outside that, it was kind of close-ish. Ish? Ish, maybe. Ish, ish. Because <laughs> the Warriors dominated the first and third quarter by plus 10. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, they, 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 they won the paint at 44 to 32. They had 18 to 7 fast break points. You know, they had 37 to 33 bench points. I mean, the Warriors out-rebounded the Mavs 51-35. Yeah, so that's plus 16 on the boards. They shot 56% from the field, 34% from three. You know? And, and how many times have we seen the Warriors shoot over 50% at the within a game this postseason? A couple times already. I mean, and it's because... Look, I'll just we'll just, ru- we'll just run down it real quick. Wiggins, 19, three assists, five rebounds, one steal, one block, two turnovers. Green, 10 points, three assists, nine rebounds, two steals, one block, one turnover. Looney, 10 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks, 1 turnover. Thompson, 15 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers. Curry, 21 points, 4 assists, 12 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 3 turnovers. Jordan Poole, 19 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 turnover. Otto Porter, 10 points, 1 assist, 6 rebounds, 1 steal. 7 guys with 10 plus points. Yeah. That's that's hard to beat. That That's really hard to beat. It is. And, and, you know, Dallas only had three guys assisting fucking Luka that went over 10 points. Bullock, 12 points, two assists, three round, three rebounds, one steal. Brunson, <coughs> excuse me, 14 points, four assists, four rebounds, one steal, one turnover. Luka, mediocre game, 20 points. Four yeah. assists, seven rebounds, one steal, seven turnovers. Turnovers got to come down from him, too. That's That's been an issue for him lately as well. When he's having a bad game... He turns the ball over a lot. Because he's trying to do too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's all... Uh, Dinwiddie had 17 points, two assists, one rebound, one I turnover. Mean, that's not bad, but I mean, you, like you said, outside of him, Luka, and that other guy... Brunson and Bullock. And, well, Dinwiddie, Brunson, and Bullock, you know, this game, game one, they, like... All right, they played good, but when, when Golden State has seven guys with ten fucking plus points, I, I it's hard to imagine that, like... I, any team in the league would, would would win that game. I mean, they lost by a favorable ma- margin. I would say better teams would have the margin closer, but that's that's hard to beat in general. Even if you you could say any team in the league, if you have seven guys putting up ten plus points, I think you could beat anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's perfect basketball. Almost in a sense, yeah, I agree. Offensively. That's a perfect offensive game. Everybody was clicking. Not just one guy or two. You know, everybody. Seven guys? 
You know what I mean? So we'll move to game two. Oh my god. Yo, Dallas completely fucking collapsed, man. I was like, like, because obviously I've been following the series since game two, but it's like, yo, that was the game Dallas needed to win. Yes. Yes. If they had won that game, it would be a different series right now. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, probably. If they had won that game, it'd be 3-2 right now. Not 3-1. Or or it'd be 2-2. Or it it just... It it would be different. You know, that was the game they fucking needed. They had a 19-point lead. Yeah. 19 points. Now, granted, Golden State and basketball's games run, they can accumulate points very fast. That was like on, on the state shot fifty six percent. Yeah, and then fifty from three. I mean, you know, Mavs the Mavs the Mavs shot forty seven from the field and forty six from the three, so they shot just as well. Dude, the Warriors scored sixty two points in the paint. That was half of their team's total. What the fuck? Yeah, and Dallas only scored thirty. And and Golden State's not even a big team like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean. They had the turnovers, 13 to 12, Golden State, and then both of them gave up 11 points. But bench, 36 to 13. And what I have written in my notes was, obviously Dallas does only wants production from Luka and whoever the other three the other three guys that are going to step up, whether it be Brunson, Bullock, Finney, Dinwiddie, just somebody fuck this, step the fuck up. Clever. No. Bullock, 21 points, two assists, three rebounds, one turnover. Finney, 10 points, 2 assists, 8 rebounds, 1 block, 2 turnovers. Brunson, big game, 31 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 turnovers. Luka, gigantic game, 42 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block, 2 turnovers. But, Golden State again. They had one less player scored this time in that game, 10 points. But, Wiggins, 16 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 turnover. Looney, 21 points. Two assists, 12 rebounds. Thompson, 15 points, five assists, four rebounds. Curry, 32 points, five assists, eight rebounds, two steals, three turnovers. Jordan Poole, 23 points, five assists, one rebound, two steals, three turnovers. Portis, 11 points, four assists, seven rebounds, one steal, one block, one turnover. When you... I don't under... Like, this, this is what aggravates me. From looking at it, you're not playing anybody else. You're playing Golden State. Yeah. I don't care who they have on the team. As long as they have those core guys, they can shoot their way out of anything. And that's exactly what they fucking did. They took advantage. Too many open threes. It's just... It's too much. And the fact that you had 19 points lead and you blew it is unacceptable. You know, if you said... We were up by seven. All right, dude, that's not a big lead. I mean, all right, you lost. But 19 points? If you're supposed to be a championship caliber team, you don't lose games like that. No. no. Just straight up. You don't lose games like that. It was total collapse, man. It It was. It was. And now we'll move on to game three, which is pretty much almost the same fucking thing. Because they had a lead in that one too, didn't they? Yeah, they had a lead. Well, they were fighting back and forth throughout the whole game, even with the leads. It was, it was, they, they got 
three monstrous game uh, games from three of their players in game three. That's it. Okay? Brunson, 20 points, three assists, five rebounds, one turnover. Doncic, 40 points, three assists, 11 rebounds, one steal, two blocks, three turnovers. Dinwiddie, 26 points, one assist, two rebounds, one, one turnover. When you're, you have an 86 points from a trio, you should win this game, right? All you're, all you're looking for is, what, 30 points from your bench? Somewhere near it, 20, 25, yeah. you know what I mean? 14 points from the entire fucking team. 14 points from fucking, let's see, I think it was about 10 guys that played. Seven other guys averaged two fucking points? Yep. And and Golden State only had five guys with 10 plus points now. Tw Wiggins, 27 points, three assists, 11 rebounds. Monster fucking dunk over fucking Luka. Yo. Holy shit. <laughs> my, my boy said, white boy, you done come for dead. Yeah. <laughs> Green, 10 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block, 3 turnovers. Thompson, 19 points, 3 assists, 7 rebounds. Curry, 31 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 turnovers. Poole, 10 points, 1 assist, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. So, you had a, a bad game from Poole, and, and you stopped one less guy from scoring 10-plus points. Wiggins and Curry gave you what they needed, right? So... They, Mavs closed the gap, played way better in the paint, right? They only let 46 points in the paint to Golden State to their 34. They were even on fast break points, five points apiece. Uh, bench points, Mavs had 28 to the Golden State's 13, so you're winning in that category, right? Golden State had 10 turnovers to 10 points. They only had seven turnovers to eight points. Now, Golden State shot 46.9 from the field and 34 from the three. The Mavs shot like shit from three, 28.9 and only 40% from the field. So, yes, the three-point shooting needs to get better, but you got what you wanted as in terms of points, but you only got it from three fucking guys. And in a sense, it's like, not really, because on a regular night, that's good, but I mean, in a sense, the Warriors played kind of shitty. They played... Bad enough. They played bad. They played. They played okay. All right. They played well enough to win and lose that game. Yeah. Just that, like they played right in between the black and white line. Whichever way it teetered, you you could have an opinion on it. All right. They won. They battled out. You know. They lost. Ah, they gotta play a little better. You know what I mean? Right. Dallas played a little bit better on them defensively. But still, <laughs> 14 points. I Like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, 14 fucking points? <laughs> how do you how do you not, as a coach, look at the bench, look down at the bench and go, really? Ain't none of y'all can put up a few more points. <sighs> like, like, I'm doing, like I'm doing this right now, like I'm shaking my head, I'm looking down. Like, that's all I, if you're Jason Kidd, so that's, that's all you can do. Where's Bullock? Where's Kleber? Where's Finney Smith? Where Where is everybody? <laughs> yeah, no, for real. You're not going to beat Golden State. I don't care who you are. With only three guys to four guys putting up to 10 plus points. Now, yeah. game four, we had a discussion about it. Everybody was like, oh, they're probably going to sweep. The way I looked at it, 
I think they were gonna get. I thought Golden State was gonna give them that game anyway to go home and close it out in front of their fans, because that's what teams like to do. And the NBA makes more money that way anyway. Yeah. Everybody makes more money, and you know everybody's happy. Another game of basketball. The only the only people that aren't happy are the fans in Dallas and Dallas. Dallas and their fans. Well, they 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 they, they shouldn't be upset with anybody, but their team. Potentially, right now they should be up three one. If you, if, you, if you count last night, and you count the, the the previous game three, and you count game two, they don't blow the nineteen point lead. They actually get somebody to score, you know, more than you know, like let's just say they had another guy play have ten points. Yeah. They what? They win, you know, they win that game. Worst case scenario. Two two. Yeah. Two two. Say you know Golden State wins it at the buzzer in you know game three. Yeah. Right. So it's two one. It's two one. Now, go into the game four. You win that game one nineteen to one hundred nine. You know, Golden State forty four points in the paint. Dallas held them out. Uh, you know, kept them at that range thirty six points. They had themselves uh, fast break points. Golden State had eleven to ten bench points. Fifty one to thirty three. Golden State's bench came back and played. Yeah. Um. Nine turnovers for Golden State, only six points off those turnovers. They shot 49.4% from the field and 357 from the three-point. So, not bad. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, they still shot well. Dallas shot 50 from the field. Dallas held them under 50%. Well, the three-point shooting finally arrived for Dallas because they shot 50 from the field and 465 from three. Um, <laughs> And holy shit. What? Did you know that in game four, Dallas had other players show up and play with them and play in the game. Oh. Because, yeah, you know, they had six guys over ten fucking points. See what happens? And this we fucking, yeah. It's a five-man game. I mean, you have more than five guys on a team, but when you're out there, it's a five-guy effort. Exactly. And, and, and now, barring Dallas, maybe they're tired or they, you know, they just wanted to skate with their 30-point lead going into the fourth quarter. They let... You know, Golden State make a run at it. Yeah, they won. I'm, yeah. And, I'm, and we're sitting here, we're watching this game like y'all like. Uh, like we're watching it unfold. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Now they played defense a little better. You know, to to keep you know to keep them at 109. You know, uh, Wiggins had 13 points, one assist, five rebounds. Green 10 points, six assists, six rebounds, two blocks, one turnover. Thompson 12 points, one assist, one rebound, two steal. Curry, 20 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 turnovers. Um, Kaminga, the young bull, 17 points, 1 assist, 8 rebounds, 2 turnovers. Poole, 14 points, 4 assists, 1 block, 2 turnovers. Moody, don't even know who he is, but that's just another guy out there scoring 10 points for 2 two rebounds, 2 steals, and 1 turnover. You know? So, again, Golden State has 7 players score 10-plus points. Right? And I said it's hard to beat. But when you when you when you when you actually have a team yourself, yeah, just put up the ten, you have a shot to win, and compete. Bullock, he he, you know, I guess he stopped smoking crack, and you know, got clean. Eighteen points, two assists, two rebounds, swapped a couple good threes. Uh, Finney, twenty three points, two assists, six rebounds, two turnovers. Brunson. Didn't need to put it all on his shoulders, you know, with Doncic, 15 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 1 block. Doncic, 30 points, 9 assists, 14 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers. So Luka did everything, a little bit of everything. 
Right. You know? Clever. The, the, the fucking NBA Kramer. Because the guy just slid back in the door like he was looking for food. Because he had 13 points and he shot the three-pointer a little bit, you know, pretty good. Two assists, seven rebounds, one block, two um, uh, two blocks, one steal. Dinwiddie, he needs to play better. I'm sorry. Ten points, eight assists, three rebounds, one steal, three turnovers. I mean, so we can we see if they can just have guys step up and play, they can yeah, win. But, but you see how Golden State almost came back into it. It's like to your point that you said before. I think you were talking. You said it back for the last game. Dallas is tired. They gotta be. I mean, and, and it's not to say that these other teams, in a sense, aren't tired, but Dallas has got to be tired. They, they, they've. Well, they went seven. In the last series, and they won that. You know, it's. They, I think it's taking its toll, definitely. It, uh, well, we're, we're gonna see in, in Game Five. They're going back to a hostile environment. We know Golden State's gonna be headhunting that night. Right, so now if you go down to the wire and they lose, then maybe we can we can blame it on exhaustion. But if they just have the same, you know, if they have a collapse again, or you know, only three guys are scoring fucking ten plus points and Luke is doing these, you know, his forty points, yeah, then you you guys just had to play better. That's all that it comes down to, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. And like we were talking about it, now. I don't think Clay's gonna be there next year. Ooh, yes, I agree. And you brought it up—the perfect place for him to be. I mean, your, your two teams were nice, but for some reason, like, I, I, and I wasn't thinking about it until it literally just clicked in my head. I was like, no, Clay Thompson should go to Dallas in the offseason. Yeah, and that, I think definitely needs another weapon, and like, I feel like Clay is the perfect fit in Dallas. Yeah, and, and we did we did the points differential. And every game if you put Clay's points on fucking on uh on Dallas, they win every game. Yeah. So not by much, but they no, win every game. It's a difference maker for sure. So all right, so we're going to move on to top five, dead or alive. And we're doing NBA centers this week. You're going to take off lead and lead, or you want me to lead? Uh, why don't you lead? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit curious to see your top five, because I know you've been deliberating with yourself for uh, for a while on what it was going to be. Because it's just, yeah, let, let's see what you got. Yeah, because I when I when I originally did this list, like, uh, I had Shaq higher on my list originally, but then like when I really broke it down, I really started looking into the guys. I was like, yeah, no, that's like, that's more like not that he wasn't a good player, but that'd be more like fandom. Like, yeah, Shaq's number one. No, let's be realistic, dumb dumb. <laughs> so I got Bill Russell number one. I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar number two. Wilt Chamberlain number three. Four, I got Shaq, and then five is Hakeem Olajuwon. That's uh, with an honorable mention in Tim Duncan, because it was between him or, or Olajuwon for the fifth spot. 
and I chose a large one at the last second before we started. So. To me, uh, I don't know about Bill Russell at number one. If you're going to say his sake of championships, okay. Um, all around, I, I think, uh, I don't know. It's your list. It's your list. You know what I mean? I have Wilt number one. Just for the for the sake of what he can just do as a player, playing center, right. you know, leading, you know, a hundred point scheme, leading in scoring. Then you know, next year he goes out there and he leads in assists, and you know, most rebounds in a game. It, the list just goes on for him. Right. So I, I had to put him one naturally. Uh, number two, I had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Most points scored in the league, championships. Yep. You know. It was hard for me not to put him second. Uh, I, yeah. Number three, I had um, Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. I just thought his career and what he was what he was able to do with the basketball and, and the way he played. <clears throat> Excuse me. Granted, him a spot on the list, so I put him at three. I had Shaq at four. I think you did too, right? Yeah. So we were on the same mindset about that. And then number five, I had Moses Malone. Okay. Uh, I, I Tim Duncan to me played more power forward than center. Uh, the Admiral, he was great, so Hall of Famer. I wouldn't, not top five, dead or alive. You know no. What I mean? Nah. So, you know, if you guys want to give us your top five, you know, don't be scared. Tweet it right to the show. You know what I mean? Or tweet it at one of us. You know, call us assholes, call us idiots, you know, whatever you want. Um, so we're gonna move on to the NFL. Draft grades. Uh, Danny, me or you? Huh? Huh? No, man. Well, you, you, you lead. I let off with the general line. You can lead. All right, all right. So we're doing the big boys this week. The big guys on campus. The playoff division all in itself. The AFC West. Yes, sir. So I'm going to lead off with the Chargers. Now, I gave them a B-. minus. Now, their first pick was a offensive guard, Zion Johnson, out of Boston College. I love the pick. It's time to protect Herbert. You got all these weapons. You know, you got the defense loaded up. Yep. Go for it. Uh, round three, they didn't have a second-round pick. Uh, with the 79th pick, they took JT Woods, safety out of Baylor. So a young guy. You know, probably had some depth. I like it. You know what I mean? He was definitely projected within the first three rounds. Then in the fourth round... At the 123rd overall pick, they took Isaiah Spiller, a running back out of Texas A&M. So, granted, with the the, the health of their running backs, yeah. I, I didn't. I'm not opposed to drafting a running back for them because they've their running backs have been shaky every year. Once somebody's hurt, and if they get a true run game with that offense, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, oh my. So I, that's why I gave them a B minus. You know, I, I think with their offseason picks and, you know, the at least the first two guys are going to make a, a, an impact. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll see if Isaiah Spiller can, is going to be immediately a third, you know, a third or a fourth running back. But I think he can make the team. And, and depending on his skill set and how he's developed and the way the history goes for their running backs and their health, you know, if I was him, I, my eyes would be wide open because I'm like, oh, if one of these motherfuckers is going down. <laughs> and then I get my shot. One of these motherfuckers got to go. <laughs> All right, Danny, who you got next? All right, I have the L.A. Raiders. So with their first pick in the third round, pick 26, they took offensive lineman Dan Parham out of Memphis. 
They get, uh, he was drafted uh, six two three prospect grade, so he's projected to be an average starter. Uh, I like the pick, though. You know, Derek Carr was sacked 40 times last year. So hopefully this kid can help alleviate some of the pressure. But if not so much that, he definitely should help improve a lackluster run game, which averaged 95 yards a game last year. Jeez. So, and that's as a team. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. And, yeah, I agree. And I think they... Their offense is their offense was I think in the top fifteen in the league I think if I remember correctly the Raiders I think I believe so they I mean even if they were middle of the pack they still had a pretty good offense you know it was yeah. just everything that happened to that team that year was just like they were one of the most resilient teams in the league you know what I mean they blocked out all the bullshit and they just kept playing they kept grinding yeah you know what I mean and they actually made the playoffs on like you know. Pretty much a hope and a fucking a prayer because they put they they could have been dicks both the Chargers and the Raiders been like let's just tie and boot out the Pittsburgh Steelers fuck them you know what I mean? <laughs> then we both get to go right so the next pick in the fourth round pick seventeen they took Zamir White running back out of Georgia they gave him a six two five prospect grade he's supposed to be an average starter but I really like this kid I really do. You know, three years at Georgia, he had good numbers. Like he rushed for over 2,000 yards, 25 touchdowns. So I think he, he won't be a starter from day one, but I think eventually he'll take the job from either Kenyon Drake or Josh Jacobs. You know, granted, they're still both young. I would say he'll take Kenyon's space. He's they're probably not going to take, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, what's his name? It just blanked out in my head. It was uh, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, jo I don't think he's taking Josh Jacobs' spot. I mean, dude, that... Not now, not now. Maybe dude, maybe barring a year, you know, a couple years. rushing yards a game last year. So, regardless if it was either Drake or Jacobs running the ball last year, they didn't run the ball well last year. So, maybe this kid's the answer, maybe not. But like I said, you know, I think he will one day take that starting job from one of them. And whether it be halfway through the season or at the start of next year, I can see it happening. You're putting a lot of stock into him. Well, he looks pretty good, you know, and he was a yeah, part of that Georgia team that won a national title. They, you know, they had a good offense. They had a great defense. A lot of guys came from that team. They had a fucking – they had a – dude, they had a fucking – they had an NFL defense out there. That's what I'm <laughs> I mean, they you had know, an so, NFL defense out there. You know, at least, with, at least with Georgia, if you're coming from Georgia and you were really a part of that offense or that defense, I can definitely see you being a difference maker for a team. Alright. So their next pick in the fourth round, they took defensive tackle Neil Farrell out of LSU. I am Farrell. He's supposed to be projected as an average backup or special teams maybe. Um, I mean, in five years at LSU, he had, you know he had pretty good numbers. You know, he had almost 150 total tackles, but he's just gonna, I think, be a good depth piece to an already good defense. Okay. Well, they're not already good. They're okay. Well, I. They're okay. I, I, I feel with I the feel with the pieces they added this offseason, they can be better. Yes. But last year they were just okay. Like the yeah. team was they were like the fine line again. You know what I mean? That fine line of you suck or you just alright. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't get over that home. Yeah. That's essentially what it was, because right in the you know, the first round of the playoffs they got fucking, you know, boop right. you know, get out of here. Yeah. But I, I from those picks, um I, I like what they did in the draft. You know, I give them a B. You know, I feel like, you know, the offensive lineman's good. You know, it should help improve their run game or and or protect Derek Carr. Or, 
maybe their guy that they just brought in. I won't say his name yet, though. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it was a good draft. Uh, you know, that's not bad. Go Raiders. I, dude, I'm I'm rooting for the whole division besides Kansas City, and we, yeah. we 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 covered Kansas City to an enormous amount on our anchor. You guys can find that episode. Um, where we, we compared it like you know they, they that saying riches uh riches to rags or rag no rags to riches apologies yeah. rags to riches well it's it's different now it's gonna be you know chiefs to rags you know they drafted very well I gave them a B plus you know uh first round twenty fourth uh twenty first twenty third twenty first overall pick Trent McDuffie cornerback out of Washington solid pick day one starter uh second pick in the first round, the 30th overall, they did, they took George Karloftis. I'm a little... Not on him. Good player. You know, I... Good player for where he was. I'm just skeptical on that pick. He played out of Purdue. Who does Purdue really play? Yeah. You know I mean? This is a common thing we bring up every week when we cover these teams. Like, you know, yeah, the player is good, but who is he playing competition-wise? I would have liked to have seen a, a lineman for them. Get Pat a little bit more protection. Definitely. You know? So then round two, they went with uh, with the 54th overall pick, Sky Moore, a wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Solid pick. You know? Fresh blood in there. Maybe he's as fast as Tyreek, or it can be used like Tyreek. You know? Either way, you had to definitely bring in somebody else. You, ha you had to draft a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, then the second pick in the second round, the, second, uh, the 62nd overall pick, they took Brian Cook, a safety out of Cincinnati. Cincinnati had a very solid year, and, and the defense looked good. So, I, I looked at a little bit of his film. Probably got a little bit to work on, but he should be a contributing factor for them, you know, in their packages and whatnot. And maybe he may boom into something that is bigger than what we think he'll be at or what they have him projected at. Uh, then round, then round three, the hundred and third overall pick, they took Leo Chanel, a linebacker from Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a pretty good school. Played against yeah. pretty good competition. Um, they do need help at linebacker, you know, so hopefully he can help in such a way. You know, he probably has weaknesses that they want to address, but they felt the need to go get it. I like that they went defensive. I like that they yeah. went that wide receiver. I just think a, a, an offensive guard or an offensive tackle, something would have helped them even more than the draft is now. That's why That's why I gave him a B-plus. If they had drafted a lineman that second pick in the first round, the 30th overall, yeah. I'd say that's an A-minus to an A-plus almost, or just an A, you know? They, yeah. cov they covered all their bases that they had that they had lost or were a weakness, and now they're building on it. I mean, for the, if it wasn't for that defense last year, they wouldn't even have been where they were, you know? Cause no, for the first, what, six games, that defense looked like fucking shit. It looked like shit because they're expecting... It looked like shit because they were expecting Pat to go out there and score points. And, and just run around and just fucking sling it and throw it wherever he wants. Exactly. And, and, and expect Kelsey and Hill to just be like, yeah, we're always open, guys, Madden. Well, they're, they're an attacking defense. So when they have a lead, they can attack. They can play off people's mistakes. In those six, seven weeks, they were behind. They lost a lot of games. Pat threw a lot of interceptions. When that's when Andy Reid said, "All right, we got to dial back and we have to take this slower. We can't play so fast because it's just not working out for us. We're not capable of that with our offensive line yeah. and and everything that was going on." 
and they changed. So they went to more of a traditional style under center, more offense, more methodical. We're able to compete in games, get some leads, not big leads, but leads where their defense can play attacking defense. And the defense shined from there on out. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. So. It was a good draft. I, I, I still think they finished third or fourth in that division. I just. I agree. I, I think with their losses, it, it's too much. And I, yeah, and I think the only team that they would finish ahead of would be the Raiders. Everybody else was going to be ahead of them. Yeah, De- Denver and, and, and fucking the Chargers. This is. I, I have it. Chargers. This is their division. Yeah, I have it. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs. Or and you can flip the last two or the first I mean, two. You you mean? Can flip, yeah, the first two. I mean, because either way, I think it's going to be a slugfest with, you know, who's going to come out on top. It'll, it'll come down to those division games. Both teams are going to be really good. Both defenses are going to be really good. Really good. Barring or whatever, if anybody gets hurt and whatnot or underperforming, both teams are going to come out swinging. I expect both teams to definitely win more than 10 games. Yeah. All right. So what did the Denver Broncos do? I like their draft. I think I think they definitely had a good draft for sure. Uh, so their first pick, the second round, pick 32, they took a linebacker, Nick Bonito out of Oklahoma. He's projected as a plus starter. Uh, in four years at Oklahoma, he had 118 tackles, 19 and a half sacks. You know, I mean, you got to figure they drafted Von Miller. We've seen what Von Miller was. I mean, I'm not saying this kid will become Von Miller. No, but they just want they just it's want a, a solid starter. Kind of player that they're adding to the defense to really try to like, like lock down that defense and really make that defense. It's even more of what it was from last year. Their defense was pretty good last year. You know, Teddy had injuries. You know, got hurt. You know, but they got their guy now. Yeah. Who can run an offense? Their 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 run game was was decent last year. It's just a passing game. Yeah. So I think they've like you know, excuse me. I'm sorry. They've addressed that issue already at quarterback, so now it's just let's bolster. You know what I mean? Let's get more ballers out here. Yeah, I mean, it might take this kid a year or two to get his feet underneath him, but I think he's definitely going to be a good starter in this league, you know, whether he stays with Denver for the long term or whatever. But he should definitely help improve that run defense from day one. I mean, they gave up 111 yards a game last year. Mm. For a good defense and you're competing in that division, that's not going to work. Yeah, you need that. You gotta bring that down to at least 195-ish. But so their next pick in the third round, pick 16, was a tight end, Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. He's projected as an average starter. He had some good numbers over the four years at LSU, uh, UCLA. He had over a thousand receiving yards, 11 touchdowns, almost 100 receptions. He's gonna be the guy that's gonna replace Noah Fant. In that in the deal that they made with Seattle for Russell Wilson, and he looks like a solid tight end, you know. I mean, you know, give him a few years to develop, you know, two years or so, and I think in that offense with Russell Wilson, should be just fine. Their next pick in the fourth round, their Demary Demari Mathis, defensive back out of Pittsburgh. You know, just a depth piece, you know, backup for special teams. But, you know, in this division, with all the weapons that are out there, you need all the help you can get, in, you know, whether it be at the back end and the secondary, at you know, up front at the line, 
Well, I think I think they're very comfortable of what they got. That's why they went more stu- they went more defense. You know? Yeah, and that's they, why I really like you know because when you look at that guy, the first guy I mentioned that had nineteen and a half sacks, and then when I talk about the next guy that I'm gonna bring up. I like what they're doing because it's like, like I said, they've drafted Von Miller. They had Von Miller. We've seen what Von Miller did in Denver. Not saying either one of these guys will be that, but I feel it's the, it's the same kind of vibe with drafting those two guys. Like they're trying to see if they can find like a diamond in the rough, maybe develop him, give him an extra trade, or just a solid player that's going to contribute, or or better than solid. But uh, this last guy, fourth round, was Ioma. Uzerki, I think. Defensive end out of Iowa. He's projected to be a good backup, but I think he could develop into a good starter. You know, in five years at Iowa, he had almost 150 tackles, 15 sacks. You know, a good depth piece, but I feel like, like I said, with him or that first guy... I have a feeling... I have, I, have a, I have a feeling that that draft pick is for depth and hopefully he develops into yeah. a player so now it's it, it makes it harder to guard their defensive line because you have so many guys that have to pay attention to. Yep. Or where he can feed off a double from somebody else or somebody else can feed off a double of him. And you're rotating so many guys and moving guys around and, and keeping so fresh. It's like, you know, you know, you got to always keep your eyes on the swivel because they're moving guys from both sides all over the place. Yeah, and they're bringing guys in and out constantly. So it's not like, you know, all right, well, I know these guys are on the field. They're running out of this package or they're in this formation. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you guys got, you know, if you got depth, we constantly, like Dallas had, Dallas has had good depth at D-line. A couple years ago, we were really deep. They weren't all great players, but it was we were just deep where we had solid rotation guys. Yeah. I gave them a B plus, you know, because I like the two middle guys, I the tight end, um, you know, no, no big deal, you know. They had, yeah, but they had to do that. No, I, I, so I, I, yeah, I get that. But the first two guys, I'm gonna keep an eye on them because they could be one of them at least could be a diamond in the rough. And I like those two picks. So same bay like a diamond. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on to hate it, love it, the underdogs on top. I'm going to shine over here with all top. All right, Danny. Hate it or love it. No more trash talking in sports. No more trash talking in sports. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about players trash talking each other in game. But, um, you know... I don't want to love it in a way because you're there to play a game. Like, just shut up, do your job, play the game. But I like the trash talking. Like, all the stories we've heard about fucking offensive linemen fucking Joe and with defense, like, and being on the court, like, just like, you know, just to try to get that little extra edge to fuck with a guy. You know, I like that, you know. So I'm going to hate it. All right, you fucking better. But. He's fucking better. He's fucking better. He's fucking better. I, I can't believe you fucking said you were like, you know, I'd like to love it. Excuse fucking well, because, me. I mean, not for nothing, you're there to play a game. Shut yes, fuck yeah, up. I am there to play a game. I am there to play in, a game. In that sense. Yes. And, and and any sport, it's usually anywhere from 70 to 90% mental to, you know, 20 to 30% physical. Right? I know 
I know how to aggravate you, or I want to find out how to aggravate you. <laughs> you know, you may be a guy that just like, rolls off you, so it doesn't matter. So I may be wasting my time. Yeah. Or you could be sensitive. And you know, you know, I'm trotting around the base, or I'm, you know, I'm dribbling up court, you know, or I'm backing up while you're coming up, or I'm, we're on the line together. What up, dickhead? <laughs> what, what'd you call me? I called you dickhead. Dickhead. <laughs> well, I'm about to fuck you up on this play. Or, you know, you know, a guy gets a squibbler hit right up the first base line, right? And fucking just beats it out, right? You know what I mean? Couldn't yeah. hit it any harder, pussy. Are you scared? You know what I mean? Or yeah. in basketball, guy drives the lane, right? But he doesn't want to hawk it, so he goes around and he fucking you know, does that. You know what I mean? And he just tosses it up, yeah. yeah you should fucking scared. <laughs> Old boy is soft over here. He don't want to come at me. He had to do the little, oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a vital piece of sports. Yeah. Granted, it, it can, granted, it can go too far, and there needs to be a line drawn. Yeah. Right. And, and more consistency with disciplinary actions. A hundred. Because they're quick to pull a trigger on other things, but. I mean, for all right, for the longest, the NFL. Well, I would say I'm going to start off. For the longest, baseball had figured it out, from the. Um, the color barrier being broken in the years after, you know, they had gotten it down to where it was like, all right, you know, we ain't got people out here screaming racial obscenities like the whole park and stuff like that. And, and, and to that extent, excuse me again, we've gotten to a point where it's just trash talking, you know, fans. I don't agree with throwing shit at fans. No. You never throw anything at a, 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 I don't agree, you don't throw anything at a player. You can chirp nothing, your shit. Nothing on the field, nothing yeah, like man. that. You can chirp your shit. That's fine. Oh, you suck. Ah, fuck you. Uh, you know what I mean? He's yeah. a professional. He makes god, godly amounts of money. If a fan's really insulting you, you need to check yourself. I mean, this guy, he, he bought $30 seats. This is the first time he's been to a game in like four fucking years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he lives in a fucking Upper East Side apartment paying over rent. He's fucking working every day. Plus, yeah. Let him get his shit out. He needs to get his shit out, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he's having a couple. He's letting loose, you know. It, there's a give and take. Yeah. Right? But like you said, there needs to be there needs to be a line, and they need to meet expectations of punishment. The NFL did a good job. All right, it's so a flag, a suspension, and a fine for any racial slur. Or any obscenity that is that is over the top that a referee may deem. Once they put that in, do we even see that as a flag? You don't see it anymore. They fixed the problem. Yeah, I mean, you got to figure, you know, yeah, you, you know, the NFL seems to be the only league where it's like they've, they've kind of like made that like, like that, that push like towards, you know. No, they were very, they were. Draw that, that line. They were very transparent. Yeah. There was no, I don't know, no, no, no. Here it is. The uh, the NBA and baseball, they're they're a little behind on it. <sighs> I don't they even are, think. I don't they even, are. Yeah, I would say baseball is the farthest behind. Uh, the NBA, yes, they're. I mean, their players have a voice, and I, I, I mean, barring outside of Kevin Garnett calling Carmelo Anthony a honey nut Cheerio, I haven't heard anything of of race. You know, obscenities or slurs in in basketball. Yeah, you know I mean, I've never I've never heard you know, you know, 
Donovan Mitchell get up on the podium after the game and be like, yeah, he called me a, like, or, or you know, whatever, uh, Bogdanovich gets on, you know, camera, and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, LeBron James called me a cracker. You know what I mean? Like, you never, you never see that. <laughs> right. Like, there's been, and there's, there's been glorious, like, high-level trash talking in basketball, man. Where, you know, Michael Jordan's trash talk. Yeah. Or Larry Bird's trash talk, where it's like, all right, listen, fuckers, I'm going to dribble twice to my right, cross over to my left, jab step, and pop you with it. You know what I mean? And then the motherfucker, da 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 quack. You know what I mean? <laughs> or, or like Jordan saying to Kobe in like I think his second year or something like that, whatever. And like he was, uh, Kobe was wearing Jordans. He was like, yo, you can wear them, but you never feel them shoes, dude. <laughs> they said Kobe didn't talk to nobody for like a week. So like that type of trash talk is all in good fun and, and, and a part of the game. You know right. what I mean? I it's feel... Deep. I feel a sense if they take trash talk out of the game and all those engagements of like you know the players getting face to face and arguing you know it's 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 a passionate intense moment you know what right. I mean? especially yeah. especially when there's something on the line such as playoff spots or you know what I mean that just intensifies totally. it I say I feel as if you take that away from the game the game will in a sense become monotone yeah. like like you're just watching a game. I want to see some. I want to see these. You know, these guys get paid millions of dollars. I want to see these guys get fucking juiced. You know what I mean? They're yeah, fucking ah! I want to see them get riled up. Yeah, man. I want to. I want to see the passion. I want to see the love. I want to see the competition. I feel as if removing that, you're removing the heart of the game. Yeah, in a, in a sense that yeah. All right. Okay. What's your hate it or love it, sir? So I seen this and. I hate it because I just wouldn't want to see it happen. But you're a Bulls fan, so and I seen you tweet about it after I read it, so I knew you had read it. Zach Levine to the Lakers. All right. For some context on the article that me and Danny had read, this is Lavar Ball, in his opinion that he doesn't like playing second fiddle to DeMar DeRozan and is unhappy in Chicago and wants to leave. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm not arguing if he if he doesn't want to play second fiddle. Okay? Now, if he doesn't, he doesn't. That's okay. You want to be the star, you want to be the star. Then why would going to the Lakers be any different? It'd probably be fucking worse. Especially if they keep Davis, Westbrook, and LeBron. Yeah. Now, now, honestly, what I think is going to happen, and this is why I love it, is because I'll take Russell. I'll take Russ. I'll take Russ with DeMar DeRozan. And Russ well, stays. And Russ stays healthy. Yeah. And and I think all around, better ball player. Maybe not as better, uh, as good as a shooter. Just uh, probably just the same as driving, uh, defensively, probably you know same level, uh, but everything else I think Russ is better at, probably distributing and rebounding and just intensity of the game. Yeah, you know what I mean, for game God's knowledge. Sake. Yeah, game knowledge. For God's sake, he's a point guard that averages a triple double. <laughs> like good fuck. Right now, barring the, you know his year with the Lakers, I knew as soon as he went to the Lakers, I said bye bye triple double numbers. 
But when he went to Washington, he was loved in Washington. He played very well with Beal. You know, Bradley Beal and that team. And he was still doing, like, once he, once they once he got traded there, right, they were a playoff team. They went to the playoffs that year that he was on the team. Now, they didn't go far, but they went to the playoffs. Right. So if the Bulls have a lineup like we already do where we went to the playoffs where we need we lacked a piece, you know what I mean, and, and more depth and, and playmakers to compete with Milwaukee, but I, that helps immensely. Now you have yeah. now, now you have Lamelo, Russ, Demar, Caruso. Well, you're probably gonna trade one of them. You're probably gonna you're probably gonna, honestly I I can see them moving on from Lamelo too. Really? Mm-hmm. I can see that trade. I can see Russ going in the, uh, to the Bulls, Lamelo, and uh, Levine to uh, Lakers. I think I, honestly it works out for everybody. Yeah, but it's it just it, it's just not a move that I'm particularly crazy about. No, you know you should though. You know why? Why? Lamelo goes back to L.A. Okay, you like Lamelo. He's he had a fantastic year barring his injury. I mean, he's better right. than his brother that we drafted, but no, 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 no. That's the brother. Lamelo. La- that's not the one. That oh, did. not Lamelo. I apologize. What is his name? Lonzo. Uh, yeah, Lonzo. Right. Lonzo right. Ball. So you get Lonzo again. Ah. Right. But you get v- you get Levine. Two young guys. Not gonna be. I mean. <sighs> I'm just not a fan of that move. Like, well, I mean, I, I can't, I can't think of a move that I'd prefer them to do. But honestly, no, wait, it just clicked on my head. Yeah, stay put, clean house, rebuild. <laughs> come on, girl, let's get the business here. Come on. All right, hey. Gotta pick up another one soon. <laughs> well, especially if Boston walks away with one this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, hey, to love it, Danny. Tiger Woods needs to walk away from golf. Yes. I love it. I, it's, I, just, it, it, it's it's time to hang it up. Yeah, it's time to hang it up. You're not healthy enough. You're not you're not young enough. Your body's just not responding well to this. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to go play in the in the in the seniors, go right ahead. I think that'd be a little bit more more your speed. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, but first he needs to get healthy. You mean, even if he's healthy, how, how good is he even really? A healthy Tiger Woods is better than probably half half the golfers out there. And I'm talking about bottom half that don't cu- don't make the cut. You know what I mean? Uh, He's probably gonna go down as top three or the greatest golfer ever. There's only one golfer or two, three golfers that can compete with that. Yeah. And one of them is Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer knew when to walk away and go to the seniors. He had right. it. He had his achievements in seniors. I mean, you're just like Arnold Palmer. You're one of the most decorated golfers of all time. Yeah. Minus the fact that Tiger had all those scandals and shit like that, which you know to us doesn't. I don't really care. Neither I don't you know care that. about that. Now all, all the care about what you did on the court or on, yeah. on the field. Now, he has had a couple car accidents that have led to injuries, which I think has affected his health. Um, so I love it as well. I think he needs to walk away. For a time, do what he needs to do to get healthy, and then come back and not to the come back as a senior. Start your career 
as a senior, unless there's an age gap or whatever, then wait it out. You know what I mean? Right. Then, then go to it. Or just fucking retire and sail off into the sunset, bro. Nah, but see, like, that, it, but see, that's that's why I asked it because, well, all right, then I gotta rephrase. They hit it a little bit. Tiger Woods needs to retire from the pro golfing scene, right? Or the the, the I mean, like, you don't know, have you don't you don't have to reword it, but I mean. You know, but, you, you love it in a sense, but you think he should go do senior. Yes. I like it, but bro, just fucking retire. Just bye. But obviously, I don't think he wants to retire because he keeps trying to push it and come back. Well, then do your own thing, bro. But you, but you, it's not working well. I think it's at least the senior. They don't they do not do half. I, I got to look. We'll, we'll look into it. But I don't think they do half as many tournaments. And it's it's a little, it's different. I mean, it's four seniors. You know what I mean? So get yourself yeah. in shape. Not in shape. Get yourself healthy. So where you don't have to put this wear and tear on your body for training and prep, you know what I mean, like that, you can take it easy. You're a great golfer. I imagine if if, if when you when you're healthy and feeling good, and you're out there to you know just you know play serious by yourself, probably do pretty fucking well. But and you're not killing yourself. You'll definitely do better than the average Joe, that's for sure. Or or one of them seniors, you'll probably be you'll probably clean the fuck up, <laughs> like Maybe. like Arnold Palmer did. You know what I mean? Or or. or or, you know, a bunch of these guys. Right. All right, you're on deck. All right. So, hit it or love it. With the injury to Scherzer, McGill, and still waiting for DeGrom to come back, the Mets sh- should trade for German Marquez. Herman. Herman, whatever. Sorry. Dude, the only reason why I know that is because he's on my team. I know. Um... If they'll do it, yeah, do it. I love it. He's only 27 years old. You know, I think he would be a good solid uh, addition to that Met rotation. You know, uh, especially when you get Scherzer back, Tyler back, uh, DeGrom back. You know, you could probably move somebody to the bullpen. So. I, I, I love it. I love it, too. Um, Like I said, if they'll move him. Yeah. Colorado's never been opposed to moving guys, as we can naturally see. We are the leagues. We are, you hold on. You hold on to them for as long as possible. Uh, no, no, no. That's horseshit. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Well, I mean, you still got Charlie Blackman. I mean, look at how long it took you before you guys. Dog, I would have moved on from Charlie Blackman way before Lemayhu, way before Ronaldo. Seeing they held on to him, but they, they uh, yeah, I don't know. Like but, we, like we held on to Carlos, uh, Carlos Gonzalez Jr., right? But we held on, we held, we held, we held on too long. Yes. We held on too long, and just like Charlie, we're holding on too long. Same thing with Tula. If you had traded him a year or two prior, you would have maxed out more on what you got. Exactly. So like those guys that become icons for us, we hold on too long. And it's like, guys, we, we've had crazy lineups in a past decade. So, all right, so Story, LeMayhew, Ian Desmond, Nolan Arnato, Charlie Blackman, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ramil you, also Tem- have, you also have Ryan McCann, too. Ryan McCann, like, what are we doing? So, I love it. I hope he goes there. I want to see him win. Right. I mean, he's a great pitcher. Probably. Well, he's, he's one of the. He's, he's one a of, really good pitcher, I think. 
if, if he's on and he like you know a couple years ago he had a really really like he's he put together a couple solid good years where he was in the top ten. The only pitchers. thing that sucks is that he's in Colorado, so that makes him not so appealing because they're like, all right, well you pitched half your games in Colorado, so okay. But now what about this? He also has up. He has he has bigger upside than most pitchers do, and I'll, I'll explain it to you just like I explained it to my wife the other day. You said the other day, why does Colorado not have a dome? Well, come on, Dick. That's my next hitter. I love it. All right. You didn't have to tell everybody. <laughs> you could have just went along with it. All right. I'll move on to my hater. Look. Stephen Curry retires. You can continue that when I get some mine. Yes. All right. So Stephen, Stephen Curry retires in three years. Three years? I hate it. Well, I love it because, I mean, I'm kind of tired of seeing him already, but, I mean, I don't think he'll be done in three years, so I hate it. All right. I think, barring if he wins this year and he wins another year, I think he's going to call it good. All right, so go ahead. Which you fucking hated or love it? All right. Hated or love it. Coors Field should have had a retractable roof because where they play in April and May, it's like – you. you you lose games to fucking snow in the middle of May. I hate it. Like, what the fuck? I fucking hate it. And I'll tell you why, and it'll it'll fit into what I'm saying about Herman Marquez. His upside going anywhere. April, May, their area is cold, right? So is Milwaukee. Well, is Milwaukee a dome? Mm, I believe so. It's... It is a dome. I believe it is. All right, so whatever. I have to double check it. Um, baseball is predominantly played in the spring, warm to hot weather, right? Where where the World Series converts to just about to get fucking shit brick cold for society. Not me, but... In cold weather, he could play as he plays when he's in warm weather. So... If he actually gets onto a playoff team, right, and say you guys got to play San Francisco in the first round, right, and it's it's September, right? Yeah. San Francisco, I've been to San Francisco. San Francisco gets cold. It goes down to about forty degrees. You think he's um, gonna? Be, you think he's gonna be phased by the forty degrees? Probably not. There you go. Whereas another guy would probably be affected. Yeah. Yeah. Where Milwaukee plays, they do have a retractable roof. Okay, so it's retractable, so it's open and, and not. I mean, so they can they can withstand uh, snow, but it and they have heaters in there, so it's probably and, decent. And the early and the early uh, cold in April and May when the season starts, yeah. Yeah, so, but I like it, and, and that's that's what gives us an advantage as well. Yes, you know the 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 air thickness and everything like that. That's on mine, but just the snow. I yes. So yeah, we may like this is probably the like we probably have to postpone a game or two because of snow, right? Yes. You know, you know how many times the Mets and Rockies got postponed over the last couple of years because of fucking snow in April yes. and May? Yes. Well, see, that should that should tell the MLB, hey, stop fucking scheduling that. Then. Well, I mean, they have to play home games in April and May. Yes, yes. Open, I, know, get, yes but... I, I get it. But they should have adjustable schedules where it's, all right, it's a snow day in there in, in that realm. But that's the upside to Marquez. He can pitch in any weather. 
any condition. Hot, cold, air thick, air thin. Yeah. No, I, I get that, but it's like, damn, it's like... And, and you know, from play, from pitching... All right, so out of 82 home games they have, right? Or 81 home games they have. Yeah, but he, see... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Out of the 81 home games they have, he pitches, what, 20 of them? Give it... Mm. Wait, wait, 15? 12 or 15. 12 to 15 games, right? That's 12 to 15 games in, in thin air. So a lot of home runs are given up, right? Yeah. Put him on the Mets when he's pitching in thick airs 12 to 15 times a year. You're going to get better production. Should. You well, should. You should. Here's why it just clicked to me. Here's why it still works with a retractable roof. Because you have it open in April and May when the season starts. So if you have, you know, if so if it's just steady 30, 40 degrees or whatever it is for the first month, fine. Keep it open as long as there's no snow. If you know there's snow in the forecast for a game, you close it. Just and if, the, if the snow comes, you leave it closed. Just, you still just, play the game. just do what fucking Green Bay does. Put, make the field heated underneath, so any snow that gets on it, turn on the fucking heaters. Melted. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, and I'm sorry, I, I'm not down for that because then it'll be a, a temperature regulated building. Yeah, but you're only going to be close. No, no. For Colorado, as bad as we are, we need any advantage we can get. So if it's going to be frigid fucking cold, you got to fucking deal with it. Stop being a pussy. For the first, it's only Stop being a pussy. For the first two months of the season. Bullshit. Not my problem. Your problem. I live here. I play here. This is how it goes. You don't like it? Lose and go home somewhere else. Go somewhere else. All right. I hate it. I, I fucking hate it. I hate it. That's the only advantage we get, and you want to take it away from us? Fuck you. <laughs> no, not going down. Hate it or love it, Danny. Deshaun Watson doesn't play this year. I hate it because I want him to. That's it. He, he, if he doesn't play this year, it's another year down the drain. And, that, and that's just it. I, you know. I'll tell you why I love it. And I, why I hate it. Why I love it. Because it's... That's Baker's chance to go, Ha ha. And I do want to see him play. Because, you know, enough's enough. Either, either charge the guy with something. He's not been charged with anything. Either suspend him. Stop playing the game. Let's, let's, let's get to the fucking point here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Alright, you're up. Alright, hate it or love it. NBA or... I don't really have the for some reason I don't have the problem with it for football or like or I guess you could implement it towards like for example like maybe like the championship games but in general uh, playoff games on the weekend should be earlier than eight thirty. <sighs> like five thirty, six thirty, or six forty-five, you know. I do. It's, it's I'm not saying I ultimately hate it, but I mean I'm not exactly opposed to it. I mean, either way, for the most part, people are still gonna watch it. So what the fuck? Yeah, gonna... like so I don't, I don't I, like on the weekends. I, I don't, I don't find a problem with it. So I, I, I hate it. I mean, 
You know, and how many people are going to watch a game from their phone while they're out if they're doing something? Yeah, but you're not really watching. You're, you're so much as in, like, game casting or just checking score. Yeah, but still, but you're still, in a sense, watching it, but you're just keeping it on the phone so you can you can have it there so you can check. Okay, they're still up. You know, like, but it's still technically a view that they, they consider it a view. But, you know. Uh, yeah, but... Look, if you want to watch the game, and, and majority of their ratings come at those prime time hours, so they're making their money anyway. And and, and what'll happen is, and it's happened before in certain sports or certain things, you're so used to be something being at a certain time, right? Right. Then say you know you go to turn it on at that usual time, and the fucking game's halfway through. You're like, motherfucker, yo, I was trying to watch the fucking game. Why the fuck did they change the time? And now it's like, well, and now, like, what time is like, well, now what the fuck am I supposed to sit here and watch at this time now? Exactly. And we're, yeah. we're, and we're human beings. We're creatures of habit. Guaranteed all the people above, like, you know, 60. Uh, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> they kept it like, why they gotta fucking always change shit? Exactly. God damn it. This shit in music? <laughs> you got too many browsers open, buddy. Last one, yeah. hate it or love it. Is it? Are you are you done? Or uh, I have one more. Uh, okay, so four. after after yours, this is my last one. MLB adds two expansion teams. How many? You saying two? I said MLB to add two expansion teams. Oh, two. Uh, um. I love it. I mean, I can't really, think, I can't really think of a way to or a reason why I would hate it. I mean, it's just two more teams. Yeah, so. but I, I hate that certain divisions are bigger than others. Okay. So I like I want I want yeah I mean, I want everything even. That bugs the fuck out of me. Like, why are there only four teams in this fucking division? There's five in another. You know what I mean, Every, everybody should have the same amount because it's like almost like it's almost like an advantage. Like, oh, it's one less team to compete with. Yeah. You know what I mean. No, I agree. Yeah, I hear that. All right, let me have it, Pope. So this one comes from my brother. I was talking to him the other day, and I told him that I was gonna use this because I thought about it, and I was like, yo, yeah, even even if I was a voter. He would get my vote. I hate it or love it. Bo Jackson is a Hall of Famer. Mm. Shit, that's that's fucking hard. I mean, I have his football stats and his baseball stats, but it's not even it's not even about the stats. It's about the time frame and how long he played. I mean, he didn't play very long in either sport. And and that and that's where and that's where the debate really came from because what the, he, that's where he got it from. He had heard something that oh well he didn't play that long so is he really a Hall of Famer? I th I think he is. I I would say I hate it if it was baseball. I love it if it's football because he kind of like in a way changed the game the way that football looked at running back. Yeah. You know running backs were thought to be these guys that you know the max like six foot you know this amount of pounds and this. He broke that structure. That's why we have Derrick Henrys, and that's why we had these big backs that we have. 
you know, but we're big backs with that much athleticism and speed is what I'm trying to say. Because we've had big backs before in the league, but to yeah. his caliber and his play style, we haven't had many. Eric Dickerson's one, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so he's in that conversation. Now, I wouldn't be mad if he if they, he never gets in either just because of the longevity issue. But if he's in the Football Hall of Fame, I don't, I, I wouldn't be mad. You know, fucking shouts out to Bo. Right. I mean, like I said, I, he gets my vote. But, I mean, he played, three, he played for the Raiders for three years. And, you know, he only averaged, he only rushed for just under 3,000 yards, only 18 touchdowns. Yeah, it's not much for him, though. You know, and, and as far as baseball it, it's, goes, it's, it's one of those things where it's like... He batted 250, hit 141 home runs, and drove in four, uh, 415 RBIs. Yeah, see, like... It with the Royals from 86 to 90, the White Sox 91, 93, and then the Angels in uh, 94, and that was it. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not enough production within the time frame he played to be considered a Hall of Famer. Now... If there was a special class of Hall of Famers, not as in Hall of Famers of one particular sport, as in two-way players, uh, you know, two-sport, you know, two-way sport players, he's 100% a Hall of Famer. Right. You know what I mean? He's one of the only guys to really do it and do it at a high level. Now, granted, the stats don't say it as in career-wise, but if you go back to individual games and shit, you'll probably see anomalies where he's the outlier, the one that is producing. Well, yeah. Everybody knows that fucking Monday night run from Bo Jackson where he ran 99 yards. He ran out of the fucking... He literally ran down the tunnel. My man's was gone. Excuse me. So, I, it's... I love it and I hate it. You know, you know, it's never supposed to be like that because it's a love it or hate it. Yeah. Th- this is one of them ones that's, you know... I hate it if it's baseball because baseball is supposed to be, you know, for, for playing for a certain amount of time, you're supposed to have a certain amount of stats. I love it if it's football because you were electric and you kind of changed the game in an aspect. You made the running back position uh, more open to different body types and different, you know, uh, skills. Yeah. But if he doesn't get in, I'm not upset. So it is what it is. Yeah. But exactly. Bo, Bo's the fucking man, though. You know, hands down, Bo's the fucking man. Bo's Bo. Yeah. Bo knows. Yeah. But Bo knows that Jimmy knows. Yeah. <laughs> Because Jimmy knows Bo. NBA basketball. I'm going to give you guys an update on the score. We are going to jump into MLB in a minute. Uh, Danny, if you want to take a break, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I can get a second, actually. No problem. I'm going to look up these scores for you guys. Oh, look, hockey. Blues versus the Avalanche. We just got white people arguing, so I don't even know what's going on. Oh, commercial. That's fucking great. NBA basketball. You shit me. NBA basketball. Jesus Christ. Now you got to talk to me like a fucking child. My fucking game didn't even start yet. So what did you guys think of the hater to love it this week? Let us know, you know. 
you know, get involved with us, man. Come in here, talk in the chat, you know, talk your shit, whatever you want, you know. Shout us out on Twitter, you know, tell us what you think. Tell us where we can improve at, you know, and, and get involved in these in these segments with us, you know. Because, you know, we'll, you know, if you send us your haters to love it or your top fives, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll get into it. You know, we want to interact with you guys. We do have two segments coming, which I think you guys will really enjoy. Um, it's not coming until about two weeks from now. Next week, we will not be on the air. Uh, me and Danny have some off-the-field issues we have to deal with. Uh, but we'll be back at you in two weeks. So remember that, you know, catch up on the episodes you missed before. You know, send us your tweets. Get ready for the episode in two weeks because we're probably we're unleashing, uh, I believe, one to two new segments. Like I said, which I think you guys will really enjoy and you guys will really want to get involved in, uh, Twitter-wise and the show-wise. Should I should I release it to you guys? Uh, maybe. Ah, here it is. Don't you guys see? Alright, so I'm going to save the goodie. I'm going to save the goodie. I'm going to give you guys the second segment, which is which is good. Um, it, it'll, it'll, it'll lead into other days of us streaming where, where we'll work it out. But the new segment that we're adding in about two weeks is called Dream Team versus Dream Team. And it'll go out through the MLB, the NBA, and the NFL. Now, we're gonna go through these Dream Teams ourselves. Then we're gonna go on 2K, Major League MLB, the show, and Madden. And try to recreate that. And we're going to recreate these teams as best we can. No high ranking. We're all 60s and 70s. And we're going to let the game sim itself out. And we'll see which dream team is better. Yeah. Than the dream team. And we'll be putting the brackets up on Twitter. So let us know. Shush. What? Shush. I, I, shush. I, I know you weren't here. I only, I only told them one segment. I saved the one you're talking about. I just told him about Dream Team versus Dream Team. Uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't know because I wasn't. I know. I know. So, uh, I just, right. We let it go. Let it go. Y'all get away for that one. Exactly. Right. So let it go. Right. <laughs> well, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know what you were talking about when I walked away. So. Well, I went to give him the score of the fucking game. The game wasn't even fucking on. So I was like, you know, we got two segments coming at you in two weeks. I let them know we won't be here next week for uh, off the field issues. Right. Um. And I said, we have two you know, segments coming. I'm like, ah, should I tell you guys or should I not? I'm like, ah, you know, I'll tell you one of them. Just one. All right. I said, I'm going to save this one because this one's a goodie. And they're both goodies, but the first, you know what I mean? So yeah. I just told them Dream Team versus Dream Team Simulator. All right. Now, like I said, when we want you guys to get more involved, we want you guys to make your own Dream Teams. Send them to us on our Twitters or, or the, the DMD Sportcast page. We'll do it for you. You know what I mean? Yep. Put it up against one of ours. You know, later down the road, we may have a segment, this segment where it's put your dream team up against ours. If your dream team wins, you win a gift card. We can definitely do that for sure. You know what I mean? 100%. All right, Danny, hit us with them MLB standings, sir. All right, so there are games going on tonight, obviously. Uh, in the American League, the Twins, they're in first. 
American League Central. They're twenty-seven and seventeen. They got a five-game lead on the White Sox. Wow, the last, the last. I'm, I'm looking at the standings from our last episode, and I wanted to do this for a comparison. Okay. They're twenty-seven and seventeen. They're six out of their last seven. Nice. Nice. The Twinkies are playing well. We, I thought. Remember, we talked about it earlier. We thought it was going to be like a year, maybe uh, two uh, before they like. Blah. Yeah. Right I, now they're looking like I mean we here. They, they, yeah. Like we're here. We'll but, see. Uh, White Sox. Uh, see if they got any fight in them. So in the American League Central, the Yankees are in first. They're thirty and thirteen. They were the first team to thirty wins. God damn it. They got a four and a half game lead. Yeah, I know. Wait, wait, what was it? Wait, so they're thirty and what? Thirty and thirteen. They got a four and a half game lead over the Rays, but they're getting ready to start a four game set with them this weekend. They they've lost four out of five. Not even not even that, but also today's Wednesday. Come Monday morning, the Yankees could be only a half a game up in first. Oh yeah, because you know Toronto Blue Jays and and well no. Tam- Tampa. Not, not even that, but they're, they're like I said, they're they're about, like, <laughs> about a four game set going up against Tampa this weekend. And so, if they don't have John Carlo and Lemayhu, John Carlo's going to be out for a little while. Lemayhu's out definitely because he's got the sore wrist, supposedly. MRIs came back clean. They said don't but, be a dick. Hey, well you know don't be a dick. If, if the doctors say you could play, then you know I, I'm look, I'm not gonna say that he's look, not feeling. The, the MRI can come up clear for no injury, no strain, no tear, no nothing like that. But the muscles still could be sore, and the only person that knows their body is gonna be DJ Lemayhu. Granted, DJ and, Lemayhu, and I get that, but you know we've seen players. But, yeah, but yeah, but DJ Lemayhu is no fucking Ben Simmons. Don't you dare I'm, fucking say I'm that. Just saying. Don't you fucking dare. Don't, don't you well, fucking, Danny, this, Danny, don't you fucking dare, right? I swear gonna, to I'm what is... Gonna, and I'm just going to, I'm going to swear to Dan and just leave that up there as an alley-oop. Like, well, I'm not going to exactly start it or start with top of the standing, so you can... No, um, there's no fucking way. He played all last year injured and was the best contact hitter probably in the American League and the best hitter on the Yankees. Yes. And he played the whole year injured. So now he had time to have to rest. The MRIs are clear. He's sore. Give him time. All right, so where's Tampa Bay at? Uh, so they're in second. They're four and a half out. Uh, the American League West, the Astros, they're in first. They're 28 and 16. They got a one-game lead over the Angels. Yeah, the Angels, the Angels are for real this year. So far, they're 27 and 17. They look good. Yankees are going to have to play the Angels, I think, after that Tampa Bay series. So it's... I know. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Because, like, this is the wrong time. They're, they're skidding right now, so, yeah, this is a bad time. It's the wrong to... time for this stretch of games to come up. The yeah. wrong time, especially Stanton to get hurt. Especially, oh, God. And and we called it. And, and, I, they're, and, they're, already, and they're already missing some other pieces in the bullpen uh, and stuff, too. So... Yep, with Tommy John surgery with Chad Green. Yeah, you know, that's a big piece gone. You know, and and what did what did I say? I we were talking about it last night. I said I was gonna re- withdraw my comments, right? But I'm not, and the reason why I'm not is the first game against the Orioles. I had it on the TV. Me and my wife were sitting in it. I changed channels. 
Why do that? I won't watch that. Why are we going to watch the New York Yankees versus the Baltimore Orioles? That should be a Yankees all day. That's an easy dub. We'll come to find out the cocksuckers lost. <laughs> Six to four. And blew yeah. a lead. And, last, they almost, and they almost lost last night, too. Exactly. Uh, they're lucky fucking Glaber Torres actually had the game he had. If he had the game he had, they lose that game. Yeah, what is it? What he had? Uh, two two, two, two shots. Two home runs? And he had the win. I think he had the winning. No, no, no. He had the tie shot. And, and the, like, he had both home runs that tied it, I think, I believe. Yeah. So in the National League East, the Mets are in first. They're 29 and 17. They got a seven and a half game lead over both Atlanta and Philly. And I think they're about to start a three game set with Washington. That should be another three dub. Or a two dub. Yeah, at least two. That game last night was fucking insane, though, bro. Oh my god, that was. We, a great we were game sitting here, and we were we were going over the, uh, the notes for the show, and I had set the game off because you know eight two. I'm like, you know what? Realistically, I'm they're not gonna always come back from being down by that kind of a deficit, and I'm like, you know what? All right, this game is probably most likely done. Give it a take about an hour or so goes by, my phone's da da boom ba boom ba boom ba boom. I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? And, and all of a sudden, 11 8, and I'm like, what? What the fuck? And I'm like, yo, I did shut it off, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. And then I put it back on, fucking Drew Smith gives up a fucking three run shot to fucking Jock Peterson, which was his third home run of the night. I love you, Buck. You're a great coach. You're, you're great for this team, but that was a bad call. Bullshit. Last night you said attack him. Yes, but I. I Thinking about it, what we talked about last night, you realize wrong move. Prior to saying that last night, I was like, I don't know if they should because they. Dude, after the second home run, uh uh-uh, you're done. I mean, look, I I know what I said, but initially it's like, well, yeah, I like the idea to attack. He's like, you know, Bucks that, you know, he's an old school manager. Yeah. But I mean, I can understand walking him to not pitch to the guy, definitely. But I was like, you know what, fuck it. You know what, I agree what Bucks gonna do. You know, attack him head on, but you know. Yeah, and where'd that get you? Maybe you should have used a different pitcher. Maybe you should have. I heard them. I heard uh, Gary Keith and Ron even talking about it a few weeks ago or something like, oh, eventually at some point, you know, Edwin's going to come in and get like a five or six out save. Why did you not have Edwin there in the eighth? Edwin should have been out there for the eighth and the ninth to hold that lead. And not even, not, not even a hold lead. I mean, I like Drew Smith, but you should have had Eddie out there. I, I like I, I think Adovino should have had the whole eighth. He shouldn't have been brought in once it was tied to close it out. He should have been brought in for the eighth to set up Edwin. No, no, no. He should have been out there this, uh, for the second home run. I mean, Eddie blew it regardless, but still, it's like he. I think he. I feel as though he should have been out there in the eighth. It is what it is. You can't yeah. win them all, but like I said to you last night, hey, the motherfuckers are fighting. Yo, they they're, are. They're, they're, it's not even like they fight. They're dog fighting. Scratching everything. 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 And, and taking advantage of everything. And the hustle out of them is, is fantastic. That just play by... Taking his bat is like, yo, you like, it, it, it's awesome just to watch him taking a bat. And the, even if they strike out, it's still like, yo, that was a good at bat, though. The, the infield uh, hit by Escobar. You know yeah. I mean? Great play. Then the then the uh, the infield hit to McNeil, fucking on the run, all onto his, uh, his right side, gloves it, and just, yah! Yep. Guess the guy at first. Fucking fantastic play. I mean, they yeah. have they have energy. They're humble. They're they're hungry. They want to win. They want to win. 
what I mean? And, and, and it's it, like they're fighting. And know? it's contagious throughout the whole team. You know, a lot of teams, they go down 8-2, they pretty much pack it in. All right, we're good tomorrow. Yeah. No, 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 no. We got nine innings of this bitch, and we're going to play every fucking one. Yeah. And, 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 and you have to grant Buck Showalters with that. Right. I mean, they did lose 9-3 today, but they, they brought up um, a prospect in yeah. their first Major League start. He got shell-shocked. They lost 9-3. And, and the Dodgers are in first in the West. They're 29-14. They got a game-and-a-half lead over the Padres. But. All right, update on the Miami Heat game versus Boston Celtics. Boston's up 4-2 to two with 8-25 and counting. Boston has the ball. Horford up top key. Passes left to Williams. Pass Tatum. Tatum spins, goes inside, fouled at the bucket. He'll shoot two. All right. So we're going to move on to one of these baseball topics that we have. And the first one I think we should dive into, Danny, is were Albert Pujols with 700 home runs this year? Yes. What's he got? He's got 683. He's 17 away. He better, he, he better start shelling them. <laughs> well, I, from what I've, I think you've mentioned it, but from what I also heard too, I think they're only putting him in there in certain situations against certain lefties or, you know, guys that don't throw as hard. And I'm like, I get it, but it's like. But I mean, it, yeah, but that's smart. It's smart. Yeah. It really is smart. He's not, he's not the hitter he once was. Yes, no, he, still, what, he still has the. After this year, so what? this is his last go around. So you want to maximize his advance. So you want to get him in there as much as possible. That's why you have the DH. He doesn't have to play. Well, that that's why if if he doesn't get it this year, he'll get it in the years to come. I mean, and, and I don't think I don't think he's gonna stop until he gets it. He's so close. You know, if he was at six fifty and it was at this point, you know what I mean, and, he, and like say he finished the year with seven home runs, it's like, dude, I'm gonna have to play another fucking five years to get at, me at the least day. another five years to get close to you that. Know what I mean. You're like, yo, I'm 17 away, bro. Exactly. And, and the Cardinals have him, and I think they signed him for that reason. I think he was, you know, 21 short of oh, it. Yeah, he's got four on the year so far. Yeah, so they definitely did that, you know, you know, for for their publicity as a team. And, and, I, and I like that. You know, they drafted him. He started his career there. Yeah, he played for the Angels for a while. But you know what? Albert needs to hit that 700 St. Louis for the Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it would be amazing. And watch it be a game winner. Oh, like down bottom down. ninth. I'm not even a Cardinal fan, but that would be awesome. Either I, I have money that it's either a game winner or it's a leadoff, or like you know, like his first at bat during the game, first inning, crank. Or what if it's at the end of the year and it's his last at bat for this year, and he hits the 17th, and that's it, and then he can retire officially. Which is better, that or the walk-off? The walk-off. You think so? Yeah, the walk-off. Because then, it, then it's like, yo, every, you it's won not, that game. It's not only that he'll remember it, everybody else will remember it. Well, they're going to remember it regardless, for the most part. You know, yeah, but there's more, like, presidents of that moment. You know, we were we were down fucking two runs, you know what I mean? Last game of the season, you know what I mean? Albert's up there and rock! Yeah. <laughs> we win 5-4. Alright, now the second but, part of this is Justin Verlander. Reached yeah. 300 wins before it's all said and done. Now, this is a little bit harder than, I would say, than you know hitting 
It is, you know, he's currently got 232. Yeah, because it's not like you're just pitching to pitch. You know, you got to pitch to win. You know, he's already 40 years old or like 38, 39. So, how much more does he really have in the tank? Oh, my God. Bam out of bio with the putback. 7-6 Boston. Sorry. And the, way, and the way the league is now, you know, the way, you know, the pitchers aren't going deep into games anymore. And, you know, the way the game has changed. Yeah, it's 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 different I'm, now. So I, I mean, he's in position to get it though. He's close. He's the only he's the only one close. How many how many is he out exactly? He has two hundred and thirty two. So he's sixty eight away. So you figure, and he's got six wins on the year this year. So you figure, if he wins ten more, okay, cool. He needs uh, fifty eight then. All right, well, if, all right, barring how he finishes after this year, if he can go and win 11 games for the next five years, he can do it. But he need he needs 11-plus wins. And he, and he needs to be able to play and stay healthy for the next at least four to uh, five four years. Four to five years. So, I mean, it's more likely Albert's going to get that, that 700 before he does. 100%. But now I think when it's starting to come down to, like, the end of uh, – of his career, if if Verlander is anywhere within the within the you know the bucket of twenty uh, twenty games, I think I think he'll give it a go for however long he has. Or as long, yeah. Like you know, maybe I mean, he's, he's still pitching at a high level now. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm saying like you know, I think for him these next three years matter. If he could put up twelve plus wins, fifteen, yeah. But yeah. no, twelve plus wins. Let's say he does. You know, two years like this year, fifteen. Next year, fifteen, and then the next year, twelve. Right. Right. So that's. So, so you that's ten. That's so you said you said fifteen for this year. So that's nine more. So that puts him at two forty one, and then you said fifteen and twelve. So that's so twenty seven. Forty one is two sixty eight. That's thirty two. Yeah, I think I think, but that's so hard. Man. It is. It is so hard. But I think in, in, in five, if he can do something like that, you know, from year to year to year, I think it can be done. It's, okay. de- it's definitely way harder than Albert's fucking, you know, right. his journey. But, I mean, also, like, all right, with this, it's like the way the game has changed and the way the game is played and everything now, it's like once Verlander is done, whether he gets it or not after him, will we ever see another pitcher win 300 games again? See, now, originally I would have said yes, but then looking at Clayton Kershaw's career, no. Because Clayton Kershaw has been the best pitcher in baseball for, what, almost 10 years? Well, arguably, you know, I mean, when when DeGrom really stepped onto the stage, it, it, it kind of like, you could really have an argument. You can have an argument, but here's... And, what, you know, don't forget, Max Scherzer... But here's, yeah, but here's what kills yeah, you. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw has definitely been... Here's what kills any argument that's going to go against that. He's consistently done it, year in. But he doesn't have as many wins as um as Verlander. I think uh, Clayton Kershaw has only got like 177 wins or something like that. From yeah, but, what I've seen. yeah, but we got to think about the aspect of this too. When he started his career with the Dodgers, they were shit as hell. I get that. So that contributes. Well, so if they all right, so if he had the team that he's had now for the past what four or five years. And then apply that to his, you know, five years before that. I think he would be almost around the ballpark for Verlander. 
Alright, so what is he at? Um, if you want to give me the stats, that's fine. Uh, he's got 189, so I, 12 more than what I originally said. Uh, Alright, so, so 189, right? If he had the team that he had five years ago, he would probably be at like 230, 240. And plus, he's hurt right now, and he's, you know, exactly. over the so, last few years, he's had a few dings, few dings and stuff. Up. Yeah, so I don't see him coming close. He's probably going to hang it up soon. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, honestly, I really don't think we'll ever see a 300-game winner outside or after. We'll, we'll see a we'll see a 300-game winner in the next 30 years. But it's only going to be one guy. It's not going to be a bunch of guys going for it. It's going to be one guy. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be Definitely. one guy. And that yep. one guy in the next 30 years is probably going to be a, a, a generational pitcher. Because yeah. right, na- right now, the Major League Baseball doesn't have that. Yeah, we're excited with Shohei Otani, Uma exactly. Tue, DeGrom, Scherzer, and all these other guys. You know, Josiah Gray, who's come up, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Verlander, Nestor Cortez, you know, all these other guys, right? That guy in the next 30 years is probably going to be incredible to the point we're going to be talking about him in, in the sense of probably one of the greatest of all time. Consistent. He's stay, he's gonna stay, he's gonna stay healthy. Everything. Yep. Everything's gonna click for this one guy. Now we don't yep. know who it is. Oh, I, shit! I'd love to know because I you know I mean I'd be putting my money on it right but now. It could <laughs> happen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Back to the Future style. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm about to put a hundred grand on this motherfucker. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's get this dough, brother. <laughs> yeah. But I only see one guy in the next few years, and that's if we're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, but like. Year, in, in the years to pass, you know, 34 years, you had guys, you had a bunch of guys racing to do it. You know what I mean? Now it's, excuse me, that's why I say it'll be just one guy. Yeah. It'll just be one guy. And Verlander's that one guy right now that... Yeah, but he's played in those generations where it was building. You know what I mean? Figured it was going to do that. A little technical difficulties on our side. Uh, we're going to try to get that fixed as soon as we can. So now the next thing me and, me and Danny were going to talk about I got sick. I fucking got sick. Waiting for this fucking thing to load is like waiting for fucking Rice Krispie treats to fucking snap, crack, and pop. Fucking nice. Get your money So the next thing me and Danny were going to talk about was now the playoffs for the MLB really hasn't changed much. We've gone, we've gone from a format we're at a format where it's 2-3-2 two, two. you know the higher seed gets the first two games at home then three games away and then two games again back at home so we're just going to try to fix this right now that's what me and Danny is going to launch into now who's Shabara? I didn't even see that 
Now, what we're what we're trying to like debate about is in, in the two three two, me and Danny. I, well, I think. I I don't think Danny's so on board with it, but I know I think it should be changed in the basketball format as in two two one one one. Always fucking something with our show. Always something. Sorry, guys. If John Cole's fans out for a couple months and you know really lose their head for their starting pitchers and bullpen, yeah, that's just coming. Definitely coming. Now, granted, the Yankees have built a big enough lead, but like like Danny said, they're only a couple games up. They're in the wrong division to have this happen to them right now, especially especially if they lose tonight and then they go to Tampa and lose fucking three out of four, two out of four. That's not good. Not good at all. Not the slightest at all. That's not good. Wrong division, wrong time for this to happen. 
right now, Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics are tied 15 up. 237 left in the first quarter. Al Horford misses the free throw. Jimmy Butler's got the ball at the top of the key. Looking for a pass, directing the offense, pointing. Gives it to Robinson. Robinson, back to Jimmy. Back to Robinson. Oladipo's got the ball stolen. It's a 2v2 going up the court. Charge. Offensive foul on Boston. Did you have browsers open, sir? No. Okay. Uh, Skype be doing that sometimes. It definitely do. It definitely do. Definitely do. Definitely do. Definitely do. All right. Give me one second. I'll be right back. I opened up with um basically moving on from that to the changing of the playoff format from 2-3-2 to 2-1-1-1. Uh, I gave you my opinion on it. If you want to update them on yours, I'll be right back. Um, so, I like the 2-3-2. I, you know, it's... I've never had a problem with it as opposed when, you know, when it comes to baseball. You know, you know me and DJ, we spoke about it last night, and I understand how it makes more sense. You know, it gives more teams a chance. It gives the teams a chance more to, you know, be able to have an extra home game. But, I don't know. I just, either way, I don't care. You know, I think both, in a sense, are fine or would be fine. You know, I get, like you said last night, you know, how the 2-2-1-1-1 makes sense. But either way. Well, the way we talked about it last night was essentially so you could be for um all right after the wild card it breaks itself down right the number one seed plays the winner of the wild card okay so you get two games at home say you split now you got three games on the road if that team catches fire and catches momentum you may be looking at a 4-1 series and you and you're done yeah. And you didn't even get the advantage that you were rightfully deserved of of being a first place team. So I think for that aspect, that has to change. It has to go to the one one one. Because you know, you could split, get swept at their house, but you know you got a home game and another game, you know what I mean? Yeah. So in that aspect, I think it should change. Now we're gonna move on to our segment, our new segment for baseball, where we're gonna be doing Every now and then or every other week, uh, certain ball players from the past and a ball player from the future. Now, our first one ever, it has to be. It has to be Shohei versus Dave. Yeah. has to be Showtime versus Dave. Absolutely. So, Danny, you set it off because, you know, you have the finished career. You have the pedigree that needs to be reached. And what is it for Babe Ruth? What what was his career like? Well, he's a Hall of Famer. 
Uh, MVP, one time. That's surprising. Uh, yeah, it one was. Time. It was funny that he finished in the top five and top six in MVP voting in back-to-back years, but those two years were at the back end of his career. Uh, he's got a batting title. He was a two-time All-Star. And again, like with the, with the MVP, those two All-Star appearances came at the back end of his career. So you think. But that makes me believe that the MVP system and the All-Star system probably had just come out around that time. Because there's no way that he doesn't win MVP for the years he's on the Yankees where he puts up the 60-some-odd home runs and he's not an all-star in those years. Like, well, how how can the person who's hitting the most home runs in the league not be an all-star? Well, I mean, he was, he was consistently hitting 40, 50 home runs a year. He had one year where he hit 60. Or right. 61. So, so, respectively, that number should be inflated. Because there's no way you have a guy hitting consecutively 40 home runs and pitching, right? And not being an all-star. I'm sorry, that's that's an outrage. And now I know that talent back then was fucking all over. There was so many talented guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and that's even before integration. I mean, you got to figure alone, you know, just as, as a pitcher, he had 94 wins. You know, a 2-2 ERA, he had fucking 107 complete games, 17 shutouts. You know, I mean, shit, that's pretty fucking good. I mean, he wasn't consecutively pitching every single year, but I mean, when he did, he was good. He was good? I mean, what, he didn't throw the fastest. He's got a 2-to-1 win ratio and a a sub-3 ERA. And he's got 107 complete games, 17 shutouts. I think that's I think he's good. Well, I, you know what the funny thing is? I remember years ago before we started the show, we used to have this argument a lot. And this is way before Shogo. We yeah. used to have the argument like, "Yo, who's the best player of all time?" For his productivity as a hitter, and then just for the simple fact that he he pitched and played other positions. Yeah. Right there, you're playing. You, you're doing. Positions. Yeah, you play five positions, and your two main positions factor into the way the game results. Right then and there, you, you got to be the best. I know Ted Williams is probably the best hitter. We're talking about the best baseball player ever. Yeah. And now, and I've noticed your, your opinion has changed. With what? Like on Babe as being the best player not the best hitter, not the best pitcher, but the best player to what, ever. What do you mean changed? I said years ago when we talked about it, you used to say, "No, Babe's not the best. Babe's not the well, best." Yeah, There's no way. Right. I mean, but I, but I still, you know, said, I mean, Babe was, you know, like I don't know, like because Ted Williams, like that's like, he's my favorite ball player. Like, I mean, I know like Mike Piazza's mine, but like, so that's kind of where it always came from. But like, I know Babe was great. You know, I know Babe. You know. But yeah, and, and you know, in a way, after really diving into his stats a little bit and stuff like that, you know, it's. I think the fact that uh, th- this is what clouds our judgment a little bit. We didn't get to see him. Definitely. I mean, we can look up highlights. You know, highlights are great, but to see it in the time era and in front of your face, that may have affected us a lot differently. We may have had a stronger opinion, right, or a lesser opinion on Babe. Like, oh, this guy's. I mean, 
But the fact of the matter is, you don't even have to follow baseball. You can bring up Babe Ruth, and the, the first thing they'll say is, they'll just point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. As in terms of like, being so great in the arrogance of you being so great for you to call your shot in a hard sport to play like baseball and then to fucking do it. That in itself is like a is like a stamp or a plant in the flag, like, dog, ain't nobody gonna be me. <laughs> like that like I'm sorry to me that, that that's one of them like I said, plant your flag, like dog, this is my shit. So you So like he's like the Jordan of baseball then? Greatest baseball player, the greatest basketball player, yeah. in their in their own respective sport and right. Yeah, yes, yes. But now, like we're having those conversations, the show has. So, what stats did you go through? You went through his pitching, right? Um, I I, I wrote a couple of his pitching stats down because it wasn't as enormous or bulky like like all his, like his hitting stats, which I got right here. I wrote that real quick. So, his career war. Was 183. He, he had over 8,000 at bats. He had just under 3,000 hits. He was 127 shy of 3,000. 714 home runs, a 342 batting average, 2,100 runs, 2,200 RBIs, a 474 on base percentage, a 690 slugging, and a 1.164 OPS. Good God. I'm sorry. Those are, like, as in terms of baseball, those are godly numbers. Very. Godly numbers. I mean, if he was, if he probably was a little bit better of a contact hitter, he probably would have had 3,000. Maybe slightly less home runs, but he'd have hit the 3,000. Yeah. But those are godly numbers. And and, and it's, hitting-wise, it's going to be hard for Otani to match that. It really is. It is, especially home runs. And the way the game is played and everything now, granted we have the universal DH, so that definitely helps, but, I mean, you know, you have his stats. You know, we went up, we were talking about the other night. You know, he's 27 years old. You know, if he plays another 10 to 13 years, averaging at least 30 home runs a year, that's still going to keep, that's still going to have him about 100 or so away from the babe. But that... Because it's our era and what we see, pitchers are throwing harder. They're craftier. They're better. It would be phenomenal for him to have 600 to go like 280, 290. You know what I mean? The slugging at like 8. I mean, he'll be better in certain aspects, but not like to that effect that the babe was. Um, He won't get nowhere near the hits. He, I don't think he'll have as many at-bats. His yeah. war is definitely not going to be the same. It'll be up there. No way. It'll be up there, but it's not gonna be near that. Yeah. It'll be up there, maybe like a hundred, because of the double aspect of the pitching. You know. Right. So for Otani, he's got AL Rookie of the Year in 2018. Um, 2021 AL MVP. Uh, one-time All Star and a Silver Slugger. Now he's played five years. He's been in the league five years. He only played four. Okay. Um, he has a career war of 17 right now. Alright, so his pitching as of now 16 wins, 17 losses. 
3.41 ERA. He's played 42 games. And he started, you know, pitching 42 games. His inning pitch is 222. He has 275 strikeouts. And his, uh, his whip is 1.14. So we know he's going to destroy the strikeouts on base. He's probably going to have significantly less walk. I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, he's already almost half of what Babe has for, more than half of what Babe has for strikeouts. Yeah. So, no, right, right, I think in that aspect right there, that puts him as a better pitcher. You know, pitchers, uh, a great pitcher strikes people out. A good pitcher, be crafty. Yeah. Get a ground out, get a double play, get a pop out, you know what I mean? Work the corners. Work the corners. So, I mean, the ERA... Probably is going to go down. Probably be two point five in that general, you know, that general area. Um, yeah. I think he'll get to a hundred wins. So I have a hundred plus wins. I think he'll be under a hundred losses. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll have. I think he won't have as many as complete games. No. No. I mean, because you know, Babe's top speed was like eighty two miles an hour. So he's conserving the arm and wielding and dealing, as where Otani had just added this year into his arsenal a hundred and one mile fucking fastball. Yeah, I mean, now hitting. So he's played four hundred sixty seven games. He's had one thousand five hundred seventy two at bats. Uh, two hundred six six runs. Four hundred fourteen hits. Um, eight hundred thirty one total bases. 81 doubles, 15 triples, 102 home runs, 275 RBIs, 203 walks. Um, 26 times, I think, I believe he's been hit. Uh, 495 strikeouts, uh, 61 stolen bases. Um, he averages 263. His OBP is 350, slugging 529, OPS 8.879. And uh, ground out, fly out is 1.18. What, what is CS again? I forget that shit. What is what? CS. What does that stand for? I forget. What's stealing? Oh, all right. So he was caught stealing 21 times. So it's hard to say. Yes, of this era, he is the babe. Now, he may not amount to the hitting wise. He's gonna. I think he'll supersede the pitching, and like I said, well, like you said, if he hits twenty five plus home runs for a consistent amount of years, like like right now at twenty seven over the next four years, if he goes out there and hits, it, all right, if he can get to 200, 225 you gotta figure four in the next four or five years. He's on pace. He's looking good. Because you figure the next four years, if he hits at least 40 home runs each year, that's putting him on pace to hit almost 200 home runs in the next four four years. Yeah. So if he does that, that puts him over three, and that puts him at 31 years old, and now you're chasing history. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And he's got to stay healthy. You know, and like I said, the game is changing. How much more is the game going to continue to change? Exactly. Where it may get more beneficial to him. But right now, if the game stays the way it is right now, right? And, and I, all right, let's, let's, let's get off of him hitting 600. He's that, not going to. 
600 home runs. That's a lot. Um, yeah. If he finishes with over 450, right, and the triples go up to about 100, doubles go about to about 250, total bases goes to about maybe around 3,000, the hits go up to about 1,500, maybe 2,000, RBIs, 1,000, walks, 1,000, you know, hit by pitch, but I mean, the strikeouts definitely yeah. over definitely over fifteen hundred. But the stolen bases, that'll probably go up to about two hundred. You know, yeah. caught stealing about maybe eighty times. The average should spike a little bit. Nothing major. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe two seventy five. Slugging goes up about a hundred. So six thirty. OPS goes up about a hundred. Maybe about a thousand OPS. If he could do that and then match the pitching. And just beat Babe on the pitching. For the modern day, the argument would probably be, be in Shohei's favor, just because people can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's and he's and he's really the only guy we can compare him to right now. No, no, he he not not even right now. I I think the way the pattern goes for baseball, you see a guy like this once every hundred. Because that's all the proof we have on it. I mean, Babe was around 100 years ago. You no, know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is the only proof we have of it. So right. baseball has been around for 100 and some odd years. We've only seen one talent like that, and it was Babe. Yep. Now, Babe is obviously the better hitter, and that would contribute to his error he played in. Right? Yeah. Which is not Babe's fault. But to show Otani's fact, you're doing what Babe Ruth was doing at an even harder pace and level. Right. So, like we said, if he can get to that four or five hundred home run mark, we know he's a better pitcher. Yeah. Just right now. Well, so, right now, the way it's showing itself, things can change. Granted. So if he can if he can get into that realm and pitch for at least a little longer than Babe and have better stats and meet and meet those markers, then there's an argument to who's the best best then there's an argument to who's the best baseball player to ever touch the sandlot. Because you'll have one guy that did what he did in the nineteen twenties, but then you had one guy that did it like that. Not as astronomical with the stats, but the same thing, but did it in a harder era. Pitching. A way harder era. You know? So. All right. So if, if, if we were able to, like, reincarnate or recreate Babe Ruth to his exactness. Would Babe Ruth succeed now? So if we did from 20, 2000 to 2021, would it be the same? Would Babe, would Babe's stats have been the same? Wow. That's a big wow. thing. But now here's yeah. the thing. This is how it works forward and backwards because we could put Shohei Otani in 1930, and I and, think he'll and I think he'll succeed. Not even succeed, he'll probably outdo the Babe. <laughs> he'll probably outdo the Babe. In all seriousness, maybe. Come on, dude. Pitching, throwing 101 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. His sinker's filthy. His slider's filthy. His curveball is fucking out of this world, <laughs> and he hits fucking bombs. Yeah. And he's a better contact hitter than Babe was, and he steals bases. He probably, he probably played well. 
Before the DH, he probably played better defense, too. Exactly. I mean, Babe wasn't a bad defender for his career. No, but, no, no, no. I mean, no, he no. wasn't no fucking shining star out there. In, in no shape or form are we shitting on Babe. But for the fact of the matter is, Shohei Ota- Nowadays, Babe was for the, you know, it had, you yes. know. But for Shohei to have the argument that I am better, he has to meet those, those numbers. Yeah. If he doesn't meet those numbers... Yes, you were the modern day Babe Ruth, but you weren't better than Babe Ruth. Yeah. To the, to the standard that you had applied. Right now, so now, now say Shohei actually meets all those numbers. Well, then it's obvious because if we plug Babe into now, he didn't put up those numbers. We plug Shohei into then, those numbers double. You should, yeah. They probably they probably blow the fuck up. Yeah. You know what I mean. You put a guy who's bigger, stronger, less weight, more better, better pitcher, more, I mean, more athletic. Yeah. You put him in the 1920s to 1930s. Everybody on the field is going to look at him like, who who, right, who put the robot on the field? <laughs> this ain't fair. Who the fuck is this guy? Who? Nah. Uh-uh. He ain't not allowed here. You know, uh, hot dogs, you don't drink beer. Nope. Like, the fuck? Exactly. Now, granted, we have to factor that in as well. Just the gangster of Babe Ruth. Yeah, let me get 12 hot dogs and let me get four fucking douches. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in between innings, just fucking... Nah, 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 and then get up there. Like, yeah. Oh, shit. There it goes. <laughs> I did it again. Yeah. Well, everybody in the front row gets hot dogs. <laughs> Him though, as a kid growing oh, up. Oh, dude, imagine just like sitting in that like that section, because what he used to do is he used to buy himself not twelve hot dogs. No, that's a little bit too. Yeah, you know, probably one or two, two or three. One or two, two or three, right? And then but, you know, buy the section hot dogs, and then buy himself four beers, which he would take into the dugout. So that's like what. So he buys a hot dog every couple in, like you know. He buys hot dogs twice a game, if that. Maybe he gets one in the first, maybe he gets one in, like, the fourth, and then one in, like, the seventh. Yeah, and then, you know, he's just he's just sipping beer the whole game. Hitting home runs. I mean, that's that's gangster and legendary within itself. Like, yeah. like, babe, how'd you feel after that game? I don't even fucking remember. What you mean? I was so fucking drunk. You hit three home runs, though, babe. Uh, cool. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. It's like the way that we talk about like Lawrence Taylor. That man was so high after like some games, he would come into the locker room and he would still have his pads on. He would turn to Carl Banks and be like, "You ready?" Carl would be like, "Fuck you, mean you ready? You ready to go out there? We already won." Lt, you had two picks and like three sacks. I don't even remember. You know what I mean? That's that that's another level. So yeah. I always put Babe above Shohei Otani on that of gangsterness, you know what I mean? The point, drinking, eating, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything. Everything. And and, and like, you know, the technology wasn't as good back then, so they don't know what they were doing to their bodies. They was just, you know, he kept himself fit for his body style. They were they were just playing ball. They were playing ball. So I mean, they're figure in the off season they had jobs. Most of them. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like we went over it last year, and I mean, 
Prima Donna's a little bitch. Guys, take so long. Really? I have it right here. Babe Ruth, widely regarded as one of the greatest baseball players ever, has earned an estimated eight hundred fifty-six thousand eight hundred fifty dollars. Seventeen million three hundred fifty-six thousand five hundred forty-one inflation adjusted for nineteen thirty-four dollars over his entire playing career. So he wasn't the highest paid player ever. But if we went at that, you know, sixteen hundred to a hundred dollars, and that applied throughout his whole career, he probably would have been paid as much. Yeah, the most Damn. ever. That's still a lot of fucking money, though. Oh yeah, but and you know what the funniest thing is like they're they're just doing it inflation adjusted over time. We're not talking about the fact of the matter is that at you know, if he had these stats now, Babe Ruth can name his price. Like literally, yeah. like like I, I want I want a bill. I want a bill. And are and arguably after like six seasons, his first six seasons, you couldn't be like, No. You probably yeah. be like all right, let's just yeah. let's just put him to the fifteen-year deal uh, at a bill. Yeah, you know I mean, and 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 his production would say he's absolutely fucking worth it. Yeah, you know what I mean, that'd probably be one of the only players that met his. You know what I mean, expectations. Yeah, oh no, expectations of pay. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah, like oh he's he's justified worth for you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, he he justified for that bill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at look at the numbers. Like, put it this way, I've made more money than him off of him. So yeah, absolutely, he's worth the fucking bill. And we're not we're not even adding in advertisement sponsorships worth to the franchise. Yeah, I mean, back then, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't. I mean, he might have did like maybe a. A commercial or maybe like a radio ad or something, but I mean, it's not like it is cigars, cigarettes, scotch, beer, athletic equipment. And Babe Babe Ruth was the party guy. You know what I mean? He was that. He he was that like that guy that'll blow up the club, right? Not not blow it up in a sense like, but just have the club in a frenzy. Without being a gangster, right? Walk in, just you know, women on his arm. Paint drinks. Yeah, I mean, not even that. As soon as he walks in the door, the whole clouds, you know, the whole club's gonna erupt. Yo, that's Babe fucking Ruth. Right. So you you could, like, at that time, look at the gangsters that were around at this time. Al Capone. I'm sorry, if Babe Ruth walks into the fucking club, Al Capone is now a whisper. Yeah, I agree. It's Babe fucking Ruth. Yeah, you a gangster. You kill people. You 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 bout it, bout it. That right. guy, that guy didn't do have to do half of what you did. <laughs> and everybody loves him. Yeah. Not everybody did. Yeah, he was he was the talk of the town. He was. A... I'd imagine he was probably the most loved.
person in the Major League Baseball the time he played. And granted, there was other players that, you know, people love. But, yeah. like, you know, the one MVP. Come on, let's be real. There's no way Babe Ruth, with his stats, is putting up one MVP. In it, really, it really should have been at least seven or eight. Like, seven World Series titles, it should have been the it's, same amount. Yeah, or, or, or near it, five. Six, four, five, yeah, you know, and, and then and then you know like ten, twelve fucking all star appearances. Yeah, at least. And with and you know what's sad, is like, which I think we should discuss in weeks to come, like putting up Babe Ruth's career against some suspect ass Hall of Famers. I mean, look, if you look at Babe Ruth's stats, you only got there's nobody like. There's only one guy in the hall that's got more home runs than him, and that's Hank Aaron. So, and Hank, I mean, Hank was a monster. Yeah, we can compare Hank, and we can compare Ooh. fucking Babe Ruth next week. No, no, not next week. Two weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, two weeks. No, but I'm down for that. So Hank versus Babe, just batting, I'll, just I'll batting. Write, yep, I'll write that down. Yeah, I mean, because Hank, like, it's not no fault to Hank. It's not no fault to. You know, to Babe, that you know, Babe pitched and Hank didn't pitch. If we're gonna talk about Babe's most valuable asset, that would be his hitting. Yeah. So we'll do that. So you guys have something to look forward to in the next two weeks. You know, we'll we'll be digging up some stats, and you guys should dig up some stats and some highlights and tweet us about it. You know what I mean? Things that we should keep in mind for that discussion. But I would say me and Danny have come upon an agreement. Shohei has to hit certain stats. If, yeah. he, if he doesn't, okay. He's still the Babe Ruth of this era. He's just not the equivalency yeah. of his impact and how good he really was Right at that time. Now, if he puts up those numbers, we can't deny that Shohei Otani is actually the better player. Better the better pitcher. No, the better pitcher and better player. If he hits those numbers, this, you know, the 550 home runs. Oh. You know what I mean? All that, because he's playing in a tougher era. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now, like I said, granted, Babe Ruth has more gangster moments. There's no way Shohei's going up there, and with his big fucking bright smile, looking at the pitcher, going, "Yeah, I'm going right there." <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And and I heard the other day they were talking about you know we're not we're not touching on the Tim Anderson thing. We're not doing it. Like we told you guys last week, we're here for the sports. Sure. But the one example out of this is if. If Shohei had came out in a press conference three years ago and said, I am the next Babe Ruth, he would have been marked out. Yeah. Everybody and their mother would have checked him. Yep, definitely. Immediately. Like, dog, you don't throw that name around. You let everybody else put the label on. You don't put that label on yourself. For you to put that label on yourself without the backing of it, stats-wise, that's wrong. Or not even stats-wise, are, are you as athletic or were, are you as good of a hitter or as good of a fielder? Or pitcher. Whatever. Whatever. So, like, I, I agree with all the sports you know, talk radio shows that are bigger than us that are saying, like, look, there's certain things you don't say. Yeah. Right? And, and that would be one of them things. Right? Because unless you prepare to back it up and thoroughly back it up, you look like an idiot. Yeah. So 
if, if I would say anything to players, pay the homage to the older players because they paved the way. Yep. Right? And let the public speak for your for you being better or worse than them. That's it. You go out there, you play your game, you do your goals, you do what you do, get paid, support your family. I mean, follow the most high, you know I mean, follow whatever God you praise, you know what I mean? Stay true to who you are. That's all I would say. Because I don't think I don't think Shohei's out there thinking like I gotta be better than Babe. I think Shohei's out here like, I just got to be me, and I got to be the best me. Right. Because right now, looking at it like you just did on stats, that's a that's a far, far track to to, to come up on. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that, that's almost like looking at it, even if, like, oh, you're fresh and you're really good in your first year. Like, that mountain to climb, that's Everest. And the fact yeah. that I the fact that I bring that up is I want everybody, including my fucking mom, to I, have to have respect, because this guy is attempting to climb a mountain that nobody's ever climbed before. And he's probably gonna fail, but I mean, I want to see how high he gets. Honestly. Yeah, but you know what? So what if he fails? At least he had the balls to climb the mountain. I mean, like like you said, he's the first guy in a hundred years to do this. I mean, he's not the first two way player. No, he's he's. He's the first two-way player to give you a glimpse of what Babe looked yeah, like hundred years ago. These other two-way players, they played other sports. He's a two-way player within in, his own sport. In one sport, doing two positions. No, we've seen it in, 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 in you know basketball and, and and major league baseball, right? And sometimes in football, only sometimes, right? But in the rent, in the aspect of when you go to pros, you play one position. Majority of the time, yeah, right. That's you just do your job. In a hundred years, we only see one guy do do it all. Now we're seeing it again, so it's it, it's different. The game has changed. But like that, you said. that universal DH is going to take him out the um, take him out the field. So now it's like no, going to kind of alter his alter his conversation because you got to figure. No, it's not. You don't think so? No. All right. So over the last couple of years, when I've heard when I've heard them talking about Edgar Martinez going into the Hall of Fame, the fact that he was a DH primarily his whole career, kind of like. But see, yeah, but here here's the fucked up thing about that. I didn't assign this position to baseball. You did. I'm a DH. Okay. So what if I'm a DH? A DH is still a part of the game. It's so a part of the game they made it universal. So my right. job is to hit. That's it. I don't have to field. I don't have to field. Based on my hitting career, I, I should be a Hall of Famer, whatever you, you know, however you do it, X's and O's, whatever, you know, right. the amount. So, like, for Otani, in that situation, it's like, look, I, I'm doing what no one else has ever done. And I'm getting paid way less than the highest paid guy in the league. And guess what? I do more than him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, where does that line up? Right. No, I I hear that. Yeah. We're just gonna have to wait and see. And, and that's the beauty of it. It's gonna that's be the fun. Beauty of it. And that 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 I, stays healthy though. Yes, and I hope I hope that brings people like like myself back to baseball. And other people. 
like like my, like myself or other people two days for to watch. Because I'll tune into an Angels game, an Angels game just to watch him. Yes, exactly. Pitch and then hit. Yes. So like I hope that brings more people to baseball because this is what baseball needs. Yeah. A hundred percent. Baseball needs this, and you know, even if, even if he doesn't win a World Series or a Cy Young, baseball needed this. Yeah, like like, and, and the rumor that we talked about, and we'll touch on for another like thirty seconds. He could be going to the Mets. I mean, there was I read an article where the Mets could be a player for him if he was available, and honestly, wow, can you imagine Otani and fucking. Pete Alonso back to back in that lineup. <laughs> With Marte, all them guys. And then pitching? Dude, like I mean, he, he. I mean, it's nothing against certain other guys in the no, league. No, no, no. Like, but outside like, of him, or maybe, like, honestly, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or an Aaron Judge or something like that, there's really nobody else, like. Like as prominent of a name like that, that you could really pair with Pete Alonso. Like to get a real like superstar play, or like a Juan Soto kind of player. Yeah. You know, but like that's... like to like have him go to New York. He's an icon already, all over the world. That's right? gonna that's gonna yo. Know, that icon ship or what it. it... And, and, and you want to know what? You want to know what? It, it just popped in my head. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen, but you want to know why I think he'll become a Met? Why? Well, the Yankees had fucking Hideki Matsui. That was Godzilla in New York. Well, now we, the Mets are going to get fucking Shohei. Which is better than Hideki Matsui. Don't go that far yet. He is better. He is. But Hideki... For his time was a monster. Oh, Hideki was the man, and I'm not a Yankee fan, but I like. No, Hideki. Hideki was the shit. I love Hideki. Godzilla, yeah, fucking fire. Um, he goes to the Mets. He he's an icon over the world. He goes to New York. He is the face of Queens, probably the face of New York over Aaron Judge. Sorry, who's more appealing, Aaron Judge, yeah. Shohei, Shohei. Sorry. He becomes the face of New York, the icon, and dude, and especially if he does, he keeps doing what he does. He goes to the Mets and wins a World Series, and then let's say he does like a, he goes 13 and 7, 2.5 ERA, the strikeouts, hits 45 home runs, you know, all that. You know he's going to be MVP. He's going to win another one. And then, and, and then pair him with DeGrom, Scherzer. Bissett, all them guys in that lineup, and then he's contributing and hitting. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yep. All right, so we've been talking about who's the king of New York. We've been saying the Mets, the changing of the guard. They get Shohei Otani. Ain't no changing of the guard. Give me this. Go over there. Yeah. This this is my show now. now. I am Showtime. I am Shohei. This is my (laughs) shit. Now he'll never do that. What we're doing right now. This is my shit. You know, he'd be like. I'm here, yo. But in a sense, like, that's how fans are gonna feel. Like, yo, this is our town now. Like, this. Oh is, yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is Mets town now. This ain't Yankee town. This is Met town. Besides the Bronx. Granted, yes, the Yankees did win, have won a lot of championships, 
but that's the past. Granted, that's their pedigree. That's you know. Well, that'll keep them there. You know what I mean? But still, but, in the right. present moment, to get Shohei Otani, that that's a move over. If they don't get Shohei Otani and they and they win a World Series, that's a move over. Yeah. But I think, oh man, I couldn't even imagine. Oh, I'd be so excited. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I'm a Rockies fan. I'm a Met fan <laughs> through you. I mean, because my my hatred for the Yankees and what you know, whatever that is, we'll get into that early. But like to have Shohei that lineup, fucking Degrom, Scherzer, Bassett, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Shohei, <laughs> Shohei out there pitching a seven game fucking shutout, fucking jacks two home runs, fucking steals two bases. Along with Marte, Escobar, Nemo, Alonzo, McNeil, McNeil, uh, uh, fucking uh, Thomas Smith, and then think of it Lindor, this way. Lindor too. Think of it this way: He comes to New York at like twenty-eight years old, or even twenty-nine. He's definitely signing at least like an eight-year contract, eight to ten-year deal, regardless. And then imagine Francisco Alvarez comes up, Ronnie Mauricio comes up, all my Jesus, and then whoever they have left. <laughs> oh man! Future's looking real bright. It is. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap it up for this week. We thank you guys. We bless you guys. Hope you guys have a rest great of your week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope you guys are safe. Hope you guys are healthy. It's been real. It's been fun. Have a real day. See you later, guys. Peace.